This week's episode is brought to you by Sam Ray. Hey, Sam. Hi, Sam. We, there are a lot of good Sams in our in our group. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know several Sams. Mm-hmm. All of them fine men. Yeah, it's like the Brady Bunch up in here. Sam the Butcher cutting it up. Yeah, and some of them are maybe fine ladies. I have a, I have a cousin named Sam. Oh, yeah. Lady. Sam, gender neutral name. Yeah. Watch out for Fireballs, gender neutral podcast. Well, ladies can be butchers. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Dark Souls. Yeah. The um. Yeah. So the uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Um. Sam went to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash duckvtv, and decided to kick us a modicum of his hard-earned cash every month in order to help us continue to make stuff. And uh, got some stuff in return for it too, uh, like maybe some postcards, access to our live shows, backer blogs. That's all good. Yeah. So if you want to be as cool as Sam, change your name to Sam. Yeah. And on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> or go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Do it, Sams. Well, Gordon, it looks like your ATV suit is online and ready to go. There's just one small matter to attend to, the voice module. Most are fine with the default mode. Warning, blood toxin levels detected. But I've developed an alternative. I present to you Rodney Dangerfield. Hey! Would you like to give Rodney a try? Stamp once for no, twice for yes. All right, let's do it. Oh, vital lacerations detected. Hey, the, hey there, little guy. Easy on the smooches. <laughs> I don't think your sister would appreciate it. Whoa, major fracture detected, Poindexter. Ah, you better take that to a doctor. Ah, and if you want a second opinion, I'll give it to you. You're ugly, too. Go, Hey, G.I. Joe, go easy on the pipsqueak here. Uh, you wouldn't shoot a guy with glasses, would you? No, you'd shoot him with guns and bullets. Whoa! Going, our guy. <laughs> uh, look at the pair on this guy. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get laid! Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we're talking about Half-Life, which is a first-person shooter developed by Valve and published by Sierra Entertainment uh, for the PC in 1998. That's right. And uh, in it, you play as Gordon Freeman, a (laughs) scientist in a power suit who must survive the aftermath of an experiment gone horribly awry. Um, The game mixes first-person shooter combat with navigation puzzles and environmental storytelling. Yes. And this storytelling, uh, pretty groundbreaking for its time, uh, since you never really leave uh, Gordon's point of view, right? Everything happens in the game engine, um, and the levels are laid out in such a way that you encounter the events that move the plot along. Um, You only lose control of Freeman at one point during the game, which is Mm kind of nuts. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a good point of the game. Um, combat variety is kind of helped along by the fact that you're fighting um, you know, aliens and then also uh, human members of the U.S. military. Um, the soldiers have these crazy deadly weapons and hardware, and they set traps and ambushes and stuff. And the aliens are more varied and kind of have different powers. They'll try to outnumber you and overwhelm you with different kinds of attacks. Yeah. And uh, boy, do those aliens look pretty spooky. Yeah. Yeah, some of them more than others. No, yeah. Some, some of them look slightly goofy. Yeah. Some of them look pretty like that pug. Dog. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love those little guys. Uh, yeah. So it's funny because even though the game is known for its level design now, um, they had a lot of trouble with it really early on. And there's an anecdote that kind of came out in this uh, making of documentary that was released, I think, in 2003, right before Half-Life 2, where Gabe Newell just said, yeah, we were having trouble. So I told the, told the team, take everything we've done and put it in one level. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was fun enough that they decided to basically redesign the whole game over the course of the last year of development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, It's really popular. It's the, the best-selling first-person shooter. Um, it's uh, something like you know, million, millions and millions of copies. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, has given birth to the kind of scripted event set piece shooter. Yeah. Um, so hugely influential mm-hmm. in the world of this genre. For good or for ill. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another great thing, and, and uh, I think probably one of the biggest contributions Half-Life has made, um, aside from creating the genre, uh, is mods. Um, you know, there were Quake mods and things like that, but there are probably a lot of uh, game developers uh, developers active today who got their start making mods for the, uh, you know, for, for, for this game using, I think it was the Hammer engine, I believe. Something hmm. like that. Um, it was either Hammer or Forge. I forget what it is. I think it's Forge, I Forge. think. Forge, there we go. Um, yeah, so games like, you know, Team Fortress Classic, uh, Counter-Strike, Day of Defeat, they all began their lives as Half-Life mods, even though Team Fortress was a Quake mod. Team Fortress Classic, that was the one that I played. Do you have any experience with uh, with Half-Life mods, Gary? Um, yeah. Yeah, I have, I have played uh, all these except for Day of Defeat. Um, Team Fortress Classic, when we talked about um, online, you know, uh, online games, that was my experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I played a lot of Team Fortress Classic back in the day. <clears throat> Counter-Strike, I think the learning curve is too hard to play. <laughs> and uh, I played all, also all of the weird spin-offs, in-engine spin-offs of this game. Mm-hmm. So like Blue Shift and, uh, you know, Soldier Boy and <laughs> yeah. Kill Time and all, all those different <laughs> kill, kill Time. Yeah, well, those, <laughs> yeah. Were, uh, th- those were like official expansion packs. And that yeah, was where... Yeah, they were uh, like Gearbox, yeah, which Gearbox is kind of interesting. There. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gearbox went on to kind of exclusively only make bad games. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think those those spinoffs stand up that well. Um, but I played them at the time because I, you know, yeah. What else were you gonna do? Yeah, half life uh, game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a there's a port of this game for the PlayStation Two and uh, a port developed for the Dreamcast. I'm glad you put this in the notes because I have a story about that. I'll tell you in just a moment. Okay. Um, the uh, the port was scrapped right around the time it was completed because the Dreamcast died, um, as we all know and mourn. Um, there's a fan remake of this game called Black Mesa that came out in 2012 uh, after seven years of development. <laughs> and uh, it is high quality enough that Valve has given it their blessing. Yeah. And it is uh, essentially like Half-Life 1 in the Half-Life 2 engine, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a... Yeah, it's, the first engine. Yeah, it's like if, if Valve decided to make a uh, an HD remake of it. Yeah. Um, and what's weird is I, <laughs> I wrote this, I wrote these notes before I went and checked. It's still not done. They only no, have like the first you can 14 chapters. Play it, yeah, yeah. But you can't, you can't actually get to the end of it. Right. Um, I actually played a little bit of that. And we, we can talk about that at some point. But I, I am not super. I think it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. I think that some of the, uh, I think that some of the graphics are actually to the detriment of how this game plays. Yeah. Like I don't think it works that well. I don't think the game is designed for that level of fidelity. Right. Um, that's just, I mean, just me um, saying that. Real quick about that Dreamcast port. 
the very first time I went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo when it was in just a tiny hotel conference room, yeah. um, some dealer was selling, they had like a prototype version of it. They were selling it. And then this guy was walking around and he was asking like event goers, he's like, there's somebody here who has uh, copyrighted material from my company. Like I work for Valve. Um, you know, and trying to shut this guy down. And the guy who was doing it was the gooniest motherfucker I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> you know, huge, like very, very overweight gentleman in a stained shame tart promotional t-shirt, scraggly, like unintentional beard Ooh. and stuff. And it was just like trying to throw, you know, throw it, throw his clout around about working for valve. And it was just very like, huh? Yeah, this guy because I noticed the Dreamcast port and it's like, oh, that's really rare and cool. And then saw the guy kind of going sniffing around trying to shut it down. Huh. Oh, oh, wait. So the the way you said that, I thought that the uh, the dealer was the was the goon. So the valve no, representative no. The was the valve a... representative was the goon. Like the huh. dealer just looked like a like a middle aged man who who sold games to those crazy kids. <laughs> the valve guy was like who worked for Valve. And I made me I wondered if he was like actually like a, a big wheel down <laughs> to the Valve factory, or if he was like a playtester or something like that. <laughs> and was just defending the honor of it. Huh. Um but yeah, I was really surprised. And also, I don't tend to associate Valve with, like, neck, kind of neckbeard grossness. Like, they seem fairly young and with it. Oh. But, Maybe he was going undercover. Yeah, that could be. He was actually just two Valve employees <laughs> under one shame tarp shirt, you know, like, sneaking into a movie. Wow. Huh. I wonder how they keep track of that. <laughs> I, I don't know. And also, it seems to me, like, why shut that down? Right. Like, who, who gives a shit? Like, you didn't put it out. No one's, mm-hmm. you know, somebody is making money on it technically, but you were never going to make money on it. Right. You know, it's complete. Like, I think you can play it online. I think it's totally done if you oh. want to play it. Um, I don't know why you would want to on a, on a computer. Right. Like, play the Dreamcast port of Half-Life 2 for <laughs> Half-Life. But Plug in your Dreamcast uh, yeah. mouse and keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, the Dreamcast port was the way that I intended to play this game actually oh yeah yeah i was like real psyched about it because like oh i don't have a pc that can play it but i have a dreamcast and then when it died its death it was like oh well now i'm gonna have to get a computer and half-life has been for at least for a while it was this the series that made me upgrade computers Hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah um we mentioned all those different uh kind of ports and spinoffs of the game um there's also half-life 2 and it has a couple of episodes along with its vaporware third episode yeah which will never come out <laughs> and then uh portal which takes place in the same universe which i always thought was a weird choice yep um i don't necessarily like especially even in replaying this game as like that is weird i don't know how they're gonna square that circle like as much as i would like to fight these things with a portal gun mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense it is a weird choice yeah like having portal be its own guiding thing that references aperture science mm-hmm. cool but having it be canoni- canonically like these two labs and this sense of humor and and this nonsense of humor exist in the same world yeah like that's weird to me yeah definitely it's a, it's a real it's a real tonal dissonance yeah. uh, between the two of them i like the idea of you know in this crazy dystopian world having two super science firms that are in competition but yeah, but Aperture was never silly, right? Or, like, yeah, but Black, Ma- Black Mesa was never silly, or Black Mesa. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Black Mesa is, is was never silly, right? It is like super grim. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about this plot. Yeah, yeah. So Gordon Freeman, theoretical physicist who just graduated with a PhD from MIT at um, the, the the young age of twenty seven. Yep. 
yep. <laughs> which which seems weird because in the promo art he looks older than that. He looks it's it seems weird until you realize that he is entirely a proxy for the player. Yeah, yeah. Like he is just meant to fan service. Like, hey, here's a smart dork with glasses saving the world. <laughs> yeah, Valve understands you. Eat up, you pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you monsters. Valve gets you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he, he's a half hour late for his first day of work uh, at this crazy uh, lab in Black Mesa. He has to ride this tram in, and he's in the Anomalous Materials Lab. Um, and yeah, the super science happens there. Yeah, and over the course of the first day, he accidentally opens up a rift between dimensions and starts a resonance cascade, uh, which brings hostile aliens in from the world of Zen. And uh, he has to traverse the entire complex you know, seemingly many times over to close this portal while fighting the U S military who come in to kill all witnesses. Yes. And And uh, all of this happens while behind the scenes, a mysterious man in a blue suit observes everything. Who's Nair Lathotep. Yes. Like there's literally no way that's not Nair Lathotep. (laughs) Just, he's a, he's a a shadowy messenger of the outer gods. Like Mm -hmm. it is 100% Nair Lathotep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and Zen looks, you know, Lovecraft as fuck. That is, That yeah. is definitely like dream cycle shit. Yep. 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 So that, that is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in case, you know, all this nonsense about him being Gordon Freeman from the future. Ugh, man. Go fuck yourself. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. So like I enjoy half-life's plot and you know, world a lot, <laughs> but this, the, 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 the fan speculation around it is really nuts. I think, because I think that there's enough on the page to make it interesting. There's enough on the page to make it interesting, but there's what I think people are reacting to is there's actually very little that happens right. in Half-Life. Like there's like three events in the Half-Life timeline. There's like <laughs> the Resonance Cascade, uh, the seven minute war, the seven hour war, mm-hmm. and then the events of Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. Like there's so little detail to it. And like some of it's weirdly disconnected. Like the Combine really don't have anything to do with this. Right. You know, like there, there's like evocative details. Like the world building is very cool mm-hmm. and the concepts are very cool, but very little plot. Yeah. So people, I think, try to fill in those blanks. Yeah. Even though, like, I, I think that this does what video game stories need to do, which is kind of create a good mood and set an, an awesome world, you know? Yeah. 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 It's successful in that. But people, there are people who aren't looking for that, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. counting myself among them. I'm just saying there are people who yeah, like, yeah. they want like an ABC story. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not what this is, really. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, what's weird, like, I think that, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to when we get to Zen, but the, the, there is a little bit of hint as to, like, what the Combine is doing in this. But uh, that, like, that, that is that that is outright stated in some instances. Yes. Yeah. Like, not here. Like, the Combine isn't mentioned in this one. Right, right. And, like, the, the antagonists from this game have very little to do with the Combine other than the fact that the, like, Portal Storm or what have you. Yeah, yeah was an impetus for it. So like it is a, a you know, it is a loosely connected series of plots. Yep. And I've always suspected the reason why there is no Half-Life 3 is because there's they don't have a way to end it. Right. Like I don't know if that's true, but I feel like they I would not be surprised if Valve does not have a satisfying way to end the story. Mm-hmm. And like not that I don't trust them. Like I think they're great, but like everything about the release schedule of these speaks to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like put out a game, lots of like kind of time you know time filling uh expansions put out the second one and then these episodes that just kind of marginally advance the plot mm-hmm. you know for those like it doesn't feel like they have a, a clear goal in mind yeah and so. that kind of plays into what i understand of their corporate and developer culture which is everybody there can work on whatever they feel like working on yeah <laughs> and yeah, so, so they're all just working on dota yeah 
because they hate me. <laughs> like they, they don't they don't care about the kind of games I like to play. Right. They just care about uh, that that League of Legends money. Let's let's talk about this first chapter because this is delightful. Yeah, it's very like so. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna state a, a prejudice right off the bat, so I don't say it over, over and over. Mm-hmm. Doing the things that could be cutscenes in engine, I understand why it's laudable. I also think that on one end, what it means is that it adds a weird dissonance because I'm going through this thing and like not so much with this tram, but whenever someone's just talking to me, because I'm like running around trying to jump on stuff in the scenery melee attacking things to see if I can knock them over like it uh, there's a silliness <clears throat> effect yeah to doing things like this like never taking control away from me mm-hmm. like I that is not intentional you know and like it happens a little bit in the tram because I'm like walking back and forth just because I want something to do with my hands while I listen to this this thing mm-hmm. it's just an instinct like I'm not going to RP server it and just like look in awe at this <laughs> stuff necessarily um, so like as much as that's cool and I like it I think it is also you know, not without its flaws as an idea. Yeah. I think that they're banking on people RP servering it, as you say. Like, that's what I do. And I was going to bring up, like, oh, I'm going to roleplay as Freeman and look at all the interesting stuff that I can see. You know? Here, here, that's more valid than it is, like, when you're just talking to a person later. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I found this to be explicitly true in, like, Half-Life 2 more than this one, but it still mm-hmm. happened, like, seeing the roots here. Yeah. Whenever I had, like, a long conversation in Half-Life 2, it's like, well, I'm just going to try to break the system and you know see if i can get on top of that file cabinet while i listen to the story yeah you know it's not that fun to watch these people's faces animate and it's less fun to watch it in half-life one mm-hmm. you know or less at least impressive and yeah and stuff so like this part is really neat also like i feel like this is a real thesis statement for the game too mm-hmm. for good or for ill like you're on a train like th- this is this game begins and ends on a train mm-hmm. you are in a hallway like yeah. that is what the, we are going to show you stuff on a hallway like the mm-hmm. game really kind of never leaves the train yeah in a way. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, uh, like a libretto for the rest of the game as well, because you are passing through locales that you're going to see later. And you're also seeing a lot of a lot of elements that are going to pop up later. Yeah. Yeah. And you're getting yeah. a little bit of you're getting a little bit of like what the Black Mesa corporate culture is as well through these announcements that are being passed down. Um, you know, it's kind of building up that this is, you know, that this is a place. Right. The the biggest part of the the corporate culture I noticed was that he got there at like eight fifty five and he was a half hour late for work. <laughs> Come on, guy, and he had to take this huge tram ride. Like, what uh-huh. time does he have to fucking be at work? Yeah, from the dorms, like, even. Yeah, dude, criminy. Like, yeah, like you're this kind of respected scientist. Give him a little <laughs> leeway there. Yeah. Nobody oh. seems angry. They're just kind of like, oh, you better hurry. Well, one of the one of the cleaners, oh, one yeah. of the multiple cleaners, <laughs> yeah. is pretty mad. Like, aren't you supposed to be here a half hour ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Gordon Freeman. Yeah. Gordon Freeman. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Oh man, having heard the Half-Life 2 versions of these guys. Yeah. It is hilarious to hear how like King of the Hill season 1 or Simpson season 1 they all are. Yeah. Yep, yep. And just that the audio quality too, which is like a problem at the time. I don't want to rag on it, but like it is so like bad. Yeah. It's Com- so lo-fi and distorted Com- and like compressed to shit. Super compressed, yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah. again, I don't hold that against the game by any means. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get to your first glimpse of the G-Man here, which I like all the G-Man Easter eggs just because you kind of have to look for them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of parts where he's explicitly put in front of you, but like watching for him has become kind of a fun thing. It reminded me of the Lutesses and uh, Infinite. Yeah. It builds, you know? uh, builds a sense of paranoia as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, seeing him once, okay, that's kind of weird. 
Second time, all right, that's forming a line. Third time is a trend. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love the feel I love the feeling of being observed. And that's that's a little bit of an undertone to all of this. Um, and one of the, one of the things I do like, even though this, you know, I have my problems with the fact that this starts with a long, barely interactive, you know, train sequence, is that like I like that it doesn't try to start with high octane action. Like this game has a really good sense of uh contrast mm-hmm. in its action. And that's one of the things that like I came out of this with a little bit more respect for like it is, you know, a set piece hallway shooter, but it does a good job of like, well, now you're going to relax and try to get through this area and look at some stuff. And now you're going to fight. Now you're going to relax. Like we always talk about those rhythms in in a game. And that's always something I appreciate. And having the kind of bravery to start out with this, like at the time, it was kind of a shock and awe graphical showcase. But just from a like a pacing standpoint. Starting yeah. off with something that's quiet is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It changes gears a lot. Like it, it, it facilitates between, uh, you know, disempowerment and empowerment in ways that are pretty interesting. Um, and um, kind of the, the 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 frame of the events. So it's very rare in a video game that you get to see, you know, both the prelude, the actual event, and the aftermath. Usually, yeah. it's just kind of like pick one, and that's the you know that that's the um, mode that you're existing in. But like this right. is showing you several several different angles of this of this world as it is being impacted by really the things you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. well, the, like the one thing you did. Yeah, and then you're just attempts just to navigate through it mm-hmm. for the rest. Like you do, you do so that like you do like one other active thing. You know, so it's weird. Like you are a weirdly passive presence in this, and just trying to get through. Like there's a there's a way that like I feel the game is trying to make it like you are doing a lot more than you are, mm-hmm. but you more or less call in that airstrike. Or call you know calling that airstrike to open the door like you're, everything you're doing is just to get to the end, right? You know, it is a weirdly up until the end in which you are you are more active. Um, but anywho, mm-hmm. um, you know, super super famous tram ride intro and games have been you know doing similar. Like this is key. This happens a lot. Like this is a thing that's referenced as like kind of a trope. Yeah, you know, but this is the first time that is done. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of wonder. So this was a a famous moment in the demo as well. That was mm-hmm. kind of like passed around with uh, with graphics cards and things like that. So I think that that had a lot to do with kind of building up the uh, um, building up the anticipation for this, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of making it legend before it actually landed, and everything was this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you get to uh, you get to uh, the second chapter, anomalous materials, and you're just kind of like doing your workplace stuff, similar to like a Unatco mm-hmm. thing, which I always like. Like the uh, Barneys are asking you if you want to have a beer. Yep. Various Barneys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> various cliners are chastising you yep. there are four facial models in this game yep so <laughs> and it gets pretty funny that they were turned into actual characters because yeah, i exactly. saw you die seven times <laughs> yep 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 i killed i was responsible for you dying yeah. at least that many times yeah. scientist you, killing simulator in this game weren't you sucked into a vent by a tentacle yes well even like not even the non-scripted things just mm-hmm. kind of like okay i'll come with you and then just like well you know that was a bad idea <laughs> you really... great 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 we have a better chance going together no we don't nope. like you you are not going to help me and i'm definitely not going to help you so <laughs> this if you come with me barney you're going to die and that's just what's going to happen but but i have the syringe full of green stuff nope <laughs> it's pretty funny because those syringes are just zen water yeah yeah yeah. that's where you're at yeah yeah um Um, you get your hev suit uh which is another kind of iconic piece of this um mm -hmm. and that is actually i think a really nice kind of gameplay concession uh just because you know because there's not an an awful lot of you know exposition as you uh, you know see it in most other games where they're, they're kind of explaining uh game type stuff you know trying to justify why this real world has game stuff in it 
Mm -hmm. This actually is just a thing that plugs into your vital signs and gives you audio feedback and, you know, gives you this HUD in a way that feels like of a piece with the world. Right. Yeah. It also is a nice little hand wave as to why you can take so many bullets. Yeah. Like it is, you know, it is made for hazardous environments. Mm -hmm. And later when you see the actual hazard environments it's made for, <laughs> like it makes more sense that like you are kind of a superhuman. It's still silly that you're a 27 year old, you know, super soldier who takes out the army. Yeah. But it makes slightly more sense because you have a super suit. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, the punishment that you undergo, like if this was a visual medium, like if we did animation and stuff, the sketch would have been like at the end of this, Gordon steps out of the suit and he's just a blob. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he, he is just a cup of jelly that is held up right by a suit. Yeah. All of his legs are broken. Like yeah. every bone in his body. The one thing I also just like while we're talking sugar about the suit is uh, they did a really good job with the sound effects in this game mm -hmm. um, to where I still have um, and partly because they reuse them in uh, Team Fortress Classic. But like yeah. I still have a really strong association with like the charging up sound and the, the med kit sound. Yeah. yeah like that. <laughs> like that stuff still like has a really nice effect on me. Yeah. Like they're they're very iconic. Yeah. Even the uh, like the, the 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 facility sounds were recycled too. That yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, a little bit of trivia. It's interesting. All of the uh, the PA sounds were recorded as single words, so they could mix and match oh. for the area. So you wouldn't hear like a same the same loop of like you know a sentence of someone saying something. Mm -hmm. You could hear kind of a greater variety nice. in the PA. So it does make it sound a little like, you know, you are now hearing me talk or like, uh, yeah. you are good at turning me on. <laughs> like it does, it does kind of turn into that, but like it is, uh, it does, it's pretty effective. Yeah. I like that though. I mean, it, I, I it makes too. it, it makes it uh, feel otherworldly or like vaguely, you know, inhuman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, mm -hmm. or overtly inhuman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you're walking through this, it, it plays awesome dance music when you put your HEV suit on. It's very funny. Which like some of the music in this game, I totally forgot. It, or actually, all of the music in this game, I totally forgot about. <laughs> yep. And yeah, until I played it again. They use it very, uh, very sparingly, though, which is yeah. which which is which is nice. I like to think that's not actually the uh, like you know just game music that's breaking in. I think it's just that that's the suit startup music. Like, oh yeah, get hype. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good suit. Just, every time you jump, there's just a dance or purr, purr, purr. I didn't yeah. realize that the um the suit also the uh the one set of power armor in Fallout Three is a reference to the HEV suit, hmm. the one that injects you with morphine and talks to you. Oh yeah, because this one injects you in morphine. Like that's the other <laughs> thing about Gordon Freeman out of the suit is he is by far a morphine addict. Like he gets morphine so much. Yeah. Like I broke my legs so many times and every time I did, I got some morphine enough. So it incentivized breaking my legs to get a fix. <laughs> yeah. and like, it's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> funny that like, like, okay, so if this is space oddity, then um, half-life two should have been major Tom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just I'm like, a, and it could be if the whole thing's in his head <laughs> yep. and he's just like a junkie, just vibrating on the floor. You know, on Zen. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know. Zen sounds like a place you go after a lot of morphine. Yeah. Hey, you go to your Zen place. Yeah. But, so the, the whole idea is you're doing this, uh, this resonance cascade thing. Yeah. Um, and, and everything is going wrong. Like things are blowing up around you. Like they're just like, mm, it shouldn't be a problem. It's just that 105% danger. Yeah. You know, it's like very, uh Oh, don't do this buddy. Yeah. And, uh, the, the reason why you have a degree from MIT is because they need you. 
I assume that your degree is in pushing a cart. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing you do. <laughs> yep. that, is, that is the one bit of science you do in this game is cart pushing science. Yeah. The sweet science. <laughs> so, <laughs> just boxing a cart into it. Yeah, if you just push it with your gut. Like, he doesn't use his arms or anything. Just, like, kind of hump it until it's into the resonance cascade. <laughs> Look, Ma, no hands. 150,000 yeah. grand in debt, but yeah, no hands. hands. Exactly. <laughs> that's Gordon Freeman for you. Yeah. No, this, this place is an OSHA nightmare. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so, so they're talking about the administrator like they're doing this under protest, like juicing the results because of the administrator. Right. Right. Who like we're led to believe is the G-Man, but it's actually Dr. Breen from uh, from Half-Life right. 2. Under the influence of the G-Man. Well, yeah. Like Dr. Breen talks about how he uh, he knows he's familiar with his yeah. master our, and our, stuff like that. Our, our common our common benefactor or something like that. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah. uh, you, you know this is this is a famous another famous scene um, in a, in a litany of famous scenes. You push the card in, and then all of a sudden, uh, lightning bolts and uh, visions of Zen. Yeah, which is a nice. When I first played it, it was baffling, but it's like a nice preview of yeah. uh, of what's to come. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and it, it lets you see the good parts of Zen without the bad. Yeah, like the design of Zen is great. Mm-hmm. Like visual design of Zen yeah, is great. There we go. Um, yeah, the visual design. There we are. Um, so then we're on to the uh, the chapter three unforeseen consequences and like the cha- some of the chapters kind of bleed together for me moving through mm-hmm. here. So we're gonna move kind of quick through this just because it is uh, such a long game. Yeah, actually, um, but essentially for quite a while you are just trying to get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, get out, accomplish various goals, but traversing this uh, ravaged area is your. You know, that is your omni goal of this game. Right. At least for the first 75% before you have a specific destination in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that that is kind of another crazy thing this game did. Because before this, I mean, maybe it was present a little bit in... Um, oh, no. Actually, um, System Shock 2 was after this, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's actually putting you through uh, environmental-like traversal puzzles. People would call this jump puzzles or physics puzzles or whatnot. But, like, actually figuring out, okay, I need in order to get through this, I need to bust open a window or climb up this particular thing or go over this particular um, railing so I don't fall into the electrified water. Like, it, it is very much they walked you through the pristine version of this lab so that the, you know... In, like the mini golf course at the end of, uh, of uh, Happy Gilmore, you, you know, yeah. you would uh, you would be able to go back through it, right? It's a, I, I want to say that uh, Thief did a little bit of this beforehand. Yeah. Um, not to not to be like, well, the uh, I mean, like when we get to our final summations and stuff, like I want to mm-hmm. talk about Thief, yeah, just because I I, I do feel like it, it's interesting. Those two games kind of started two branches mm-hmm. of way games can be, and like, yeah, they both have their strengths. But like Thief did a little bit of that, just in you know, this game is the first at a lot of things, but I don't know if it's the first at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, but you're watching a lot of people die that you can't save. Like it's a lot of just like somebody gets dragged into a vent, somebody gets zapped by lightning. Yeah. Somebody gets pulled through a wall. Yeah. And what I like is each creature kind of gets like an introduction moment. So you see a little bit about, you know, actually what they do. So you watch yeah. a, you watch a head crab leap onto the face of, you know, one of these, uh, you know, scientists. And then later when you see a zombie, Barney's asking like, hey, why are these things wearing the scientist uniforms? Like right. the, 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 each of those little beats is, is a very elegant uh, storytelling moment, I think. Right. Um, and prepares you for kind of how to deal with these things. Yeah, or, well, kind of how to deal with them. More like what they are. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, like, you know they're going to go for your face, mm-hmm. but, like, it doesn't, uh, you know, every enemy just goes for you. It's a FPS. Yeah, yeah. You know, from the 90s. The uh, for, for the most part, except when you get to the human soldiers, when they're a little bit craftier. Mm-hmm. 
But um, yeah, head crabs, which are the real iconic monster from this. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most iconic yeah, yeah. Half-Life monster. Like they sell plush versions in the store. They sell hats. And they sell hats, <laughs> which are pretty cute. Um, this, I, I mean, and I will always like the head crabs are cool. They got annoying to me a couple times in playing through this this time just because yeah, yeah. they spawn behind you. Yep. Like adding this teleportation thing means that like, <laughs> I don't know if the sound quality is good enough to give me the echolocation mm-hmm. to be aware of 360 degrees. Yeah. Around my around my care avatar or what have you, mm-hmm. but I would get frustrated by a couple cheap shots. However, like these are the reason why we have Ravenholm. Yep, <laughs> in Half Life Two. So like, all sins forgiven. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite FPS like chapters in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead, crabs. Yeah, um, I don't like them because they're re- incredibly hard to hit he- now more than you know than, than in Half Life Two. And I understand that's a great deal of their you know the point. They're they're quick moving. Uh, they're very small. Especially now, when you just have the uh, the, the 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 crowbar, um, mm-hmm. it just feels like they 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 kind of uh, scaled that back a little bit in Half Life Two. Like it feels it, like they always get a shot on you. Yeah, like kind of no matter what. Like you can eventually. What I came to to do with them is Toro them. Mm-hmm. Like just dodge them like I'm playing Dark Souls or something, and then and then <laughs> hit them while they're in the recovery frames. Yeah. Um, but trying to get them out of the air is easier in the later games. Yeah. Than it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, another annoying thing about the enemies that is uh, uh, true throughout, unless you're playing on easy, and even and even then, um, is uh, when you find these zombies. Boy, do they take a lot of shots! I would say everything takes too many shots. That's in this what game. I, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like everything yeah. takes too many shots. Boy, do they take too many shots! And it, it has such a like as a shooter. I'm not sure this is a good game. Like it has mm-hmm. a real sense of disempowerment with your weapons. Mm-hmm. Like if your weapon doesn't explode, it doesn't really feel good because like even a shotgun from like medium distance like not you know not super close up but you know a zombie can take three shotgun blasts Mm -hmm. a soldier can take like 30 rounds of an assault rifle Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's just insane um and like a pro tip for that like obviously you have to aim for headshots the game defaults to having auto aim on Mm -hmm. and if you want to get headshots you have to turn that off like you you'll automatically lock the body so you have to turn that off but that makes hitting the head crabs really frustrating Mm -hmm. you know because they uh, as we said they're really small yeah and uh, it's tricky, but man, do the zombies take too many hits to kill, especially yeah. when you just have that pistol. Like it's it's more than like almost any other zombie. Mm-hmm. Like they are the hardiest zombies. Yeah, it takes uh, six pistol shots to take one of the uh, one of the zombies down, um, yeah. and that is especially annoying here when ammo is limited. Yeah, super limited, yeah. and you can't. Then they're too hardy to just like kill with crowbars too. Like right. without getting hurt a lot. And like I played on normal, mm-hmm. um, and you do like. They do a good chunk of damage mm-hmm. when they get you. Same thing with the the head crabs. You know, right. everything does a good chunk of damage. Yeah. Um. So it's not hard necessarily because you are like they're they're very generous with like health refills after encounters. Mm-hmm. Um. Almost to where like it becomes weirdly suspicious and artificial feeling. Yeah. Where like oh there's some guys here's some health pickups here's some guys here's some health pickups it just keeps going back and forth but yeah. the uh, you have to actually get through the encounter and sometimes that's difficult. Right. And uh, it takes away your resources. Yeah. And and the other thing, like that, what I think makes this game a little bit weird as a shooter is that all the weapons are incredibly precise. Yeah, like you can you can pick people off with that with with, with that pistol from across a map. Yeah, essentially, and that carries over into Half Life Two. And I can't decide if I if if I like that or if I don't. I think I prefer weapons to feel just a little bit more. I don't know, thunderous or a little bit more. I don't you know, just like accurate or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, more you know, like more more true to life. Yeah, yeah, like throw in some iron sights. Yeah, or like this was kind of pre pre iron sights technology, mm-hmm. you know, for for shooters. But like, yeah, I I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It, like it feels so precise as to be as to be unreal and to kind of hurt my uh, 
hurt my immersion, I guess, in, in a game like, that otherwise that, that, that otherwise feels pretty immersive. Pretty immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I also feel that way about some of the enemies attacks yep. as well. So like you, you know, you run into the Vortigaunts, um, eventually who shoot their lightning, um, attacks and those are hit scan in a way that they feel like they shouldn't be. Right. Like, it seems like I should be able to dodge those, but they're incredibly hard to dodge. Yeah. Like it should, it should be like a ray weapon that starts out a couple of degrees off of you and then slowly tracks to you. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that, that, that would be like the satisfying way for those attacks to go. They do a shitload of damage too. Yeah, they, they they hurt you a lot. Like there's there's like a whole discussion to be had about how first person shooters have adapted to inevitable damage. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is a thing. Whereas like in the old days, in the two point five D shooter days, like you could dodge stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. And then eventually it made less sense because people were using more high tech weapons. And how do games deal with that? And like I never love it. Like it is never like it always. When I start thinking about it, it always breaks the immersion. Like the way this game deals with it is by is that like I said that artificial like health pickup mm-hmm. rhythm. Like you can, I had a weird moment during this. I don't, I didn't come to this conclusion, but I had a moment playing this. I was like, is it possible to be good at half-life? <laughs> like, or do you just kind of power through until you get to the next set of health pickups Yeah, and then do a content part and then do health pickups mm-hmm. because you can't like you, there's your defensive vocabulary is so amazingly limited. Like there's no cover system. There's no dodging. There's no, like you just are going to take damage. If you walk around the corner and there's a soldier there, you're going to take you know, enemies don't react to getting hit mm-hmm. often. Yeah. So, like, even if you, like, that's the way a lot of games do it, where if, like, I put a shotgun in this soldier's face, he can't shoot me while he's being shot in the face. Yeah. Not so with Half-Life. Mm-hmm. Like, they just shoot. You're going to take some damage. Yeah. Like, and, like, I feel like that's probably not a good design choice. Like, you're just going to take the damage. is mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Well, like, like what, what we're asking for, what we're looking for here is poise, right? Yeah. Like you know, like if a weapon has sufficient stopping power, and it, and if you're fighting against something that, something that is sufficiently squishy, can I can I knock him off balance enough to like get in other shots? Yeah, like poise, like sort of matters if you're on the quick draw, or like just you know different. Like um, one of the things like about Dishonored is like you know you have this like a, amazing ability to get out of the way, and enemies have to aim. Mm-hmm. So if like you if you didn't doing any gunplay in Dishonored, like it takes a long time for an enemy to train its sights on you. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you can see it coming from a mile away. And, like, I feel like that's a really good way to handle it. Mm. And this, like, it feels like a weird, like, it's a compromise that gets you through the game, you know. And there are a lot of games that do this where it's just, like, take damage health packs, take damage health packs. And, like, it's such a, it's, it's a very weird thing to me. Yeah, yeah. It makes it, uh-huh. it makes it feel like a war of attrition, right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, the, the other enemy here, just, you know, talking about these first, first appearances, the, uh, the hound eyes, which are the some pugs? of the, yeah, the pugs, the, the, the super goofy dudes. Um, they that make shoot like out little the dog noises. Yes, they do. When I first played this, I thought that creatures from Zen were fusing with creatures <laughs> from here, and these were like test dogs. Oh, and then you run into the and then because there's test cats too. Uh huh. Like the other ones that make cat noises. Like it is <laughs> weird that these things make dog noises and those things make cat noises if they're not supposed to be dogs or cats at all. Mm-hmm. Like I find that to be a strange choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like different references for materials and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, if we're talking about set pieces, that uh, that elevator, like the crazy uh, industrial funicular that you take down as the yeah. as the head crabs rain down on you. Yeah, that's great, and yeah. just explode on the ground. Yeah, um, and then you're introduced to the barnacles, which oh, like man. I really like the barnacles. I love that's a great barnacles. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a wonderful enemy, and they're not like hit sponges. I think it's four shots with a pistol. Mm-hmm. Like they're not too bad. Yeah, they're, um, they're they're just fragile enough that you can you know because sometimes you don't see a you you know you'll you'll wander into a, a barnacle's tongue. They need to be fragile enough that you can take them down with whatever weapon that you have. Yep. 
So like there have been times where I have crowbarred a particle to death. Yeah. Yeah. Which, not, and, and speaking of that, like that's something you'll throw, you'll see on online as like a pro tip, like save your, you know, use the crowbar on, on everything. Mm-hmm. I never thought you really have to. Yeah, yeah. Like my pro tip is similar to people who are like, don't use ammo in the first cave and fallout. Mm-hmm. Like, no, shoot the rats. It's fine. Ammo is going to become worthless soon enough. Yeah. Like shoot the hub crabs, shoot the barnacles. It's fine. You know, I think that's weird. Like when you see advice like that, I think on the before I play for God hands, there are mm-hmm. two there there are two lines one one that says use your superpowers as often as you can and the other that says conserve your superpower as yeah. much as you can it's like i don't know that kind of seems like something you would arrive at naturally and and i feel like the real answer to almost any of those things is use your stuff yep. like that is as an adult gamer as an adult gamer i've been <laughs> i've learned like it's okay to use these elixirs if i need them like mm-hmm. use all your shit like saving that stuff for the end of the game for a mythical time when you need it is dumb yeah, yeah. um you know the game is probably balanced for you to use elixirs mm-hmm from time to time. My favorite uh, um, part of the barnacles actually is when you kill them, they they, they vomit bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, vomit all the stuff they've eaten before. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Which includes like rocks and shit. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah. Um, they yep. get really interesting in Half-Life 2. It's going to be unavoidable to mention this, um, you know, compare and contrast just because I love Half-Life 2 so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the way that they work the barnacles into puzzles. And, yeah. you know, and ending up have to like actually like send explosives into them and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I was ex- eating things aren't food. Yeah. I think, I think that I backfilled some of those puzzles into this and I was like, when is what like, when are they going to give me stuff to do with them? It's like, no, they're just going to be really interesting environmental obstacles and yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I told, I did the same thing. I was expecting to push crates into them Yeah, and stuff, but crates just clip through them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were in chapter three. Um, yep. your climb up, you know, from crate to crate from this elevator thing into the office complex. Yeah. I, I think that the, the, the real half-life starts here a little bit mm-hmm. in, in so far as this level, I love the layout of it. Um, and it's kind of taking you out of uh tutorial mode. Like they're still teaching you things as you go along because that's something valve does through their level design a lot. Um, but, uh, you're kind of making these tight little loops around this very small space, unlocking mm-hmm. things as you go along. Yeah. Yeah, kind of moving through. Um, eventually, you know, you find, uh, like, there's a, just a several little set pieces you walk by mm-hmm. on your way here. So there's an office that has become flooded. Like, in a way, the Residence Cascade is a very elegant uh, disaster mm-hmm. because you can justify anything happening in it. Yep. Like, a flood would not be good or just, like, a, an intentional invasion by an alien force wouldn't work because mm-hmm. then they would have to all make sense. This can just be everything's rando because it's, you know, a cha- like bit of chaos science. Yeah coming through and like that that means you can have this room that's like flooded with water mm-hmm. you know for no particular reason like something got randomly put into a pipe mm-hmm. and burst it yeah you know there's no intention behind it so it creates a uh, environmental puzzles mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but really it's like the, the, this kind of lacks for set pieces a little bit like you get the shotgun which introduces you to alternate firing um, mm-hmm. you know, like when you press the right mouse button, it shoots two shells at once out of one barrel for some reason. Yeah. And it um, takes slightly longer to fire the next shell for some reason as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and this was uh, like, I, the shotgun in this game, I don't like how it feels like it does not feel powerful enough because of those mentioned things we mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, like I like the way it sounds, I like the way it looks, but it doesn't have enough stopping power, Yeah, which is like the defining trait of a shotgun. Right. Right. And, and and it's very difficult to to tell which you know like what its active range is I guess yeah just because you can hit stuff for, like for, from further away than you would imagine you would from a shotgun but um it doesn't it just the 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 curve of the damage as re, as it relates to distance is very non intuitive I think I agree yeah yeah, yeah. um you get worried that the that the military is coming what could go wrong 
<laughs> yeah, the military solves everything. Mm-hmm. And some of the, you know, the people think it's salvation at this point, mm-hmm. which is pretty rad. Um, idiots. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so eventually you get into this freezer. Like, we're not going to talk about the specific, like, no, you go in this no. hallway to this hallway to get this key card. Like, no, no. I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> but eventually you have to make this guy, you know, you're told you have to head for the surface because you want to get out of this hellhole mm-hmm. and take this flying leap in an elevator shaft. I love uh, that. It's just yeah. like that ladder hangs down just enough for you to make it. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. and you also see the elevator full of scientists falling as they scream. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It does. Uh, one of the things that this elevator thing reminded me or taught me about this game, too, is that like save scumming is mandatory. Oh, God. Yeah. In this game, like it is not it is implicitly part like like I would argue with Baldur's Gate, like implicitly part of the difficulty design mm-hmm. that you're going to be saving before difficult things. You can try them over and over. Yeah. Um, especially with the platforming, but even, you know, with the the encounters, too. Yeah, definitely. Like if you're not yeah. quick saving at, at each health station. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, treating those as checkpoints you got to make yourself. They give you a checkpoint kit, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, yep. then uh, then you're probably exposing yourself to more risk than you ought to. Yeah. And there are checkpoints like it's fairly generous with them. But, you know, in case you forget, but you should probably be doing some quick saving. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I would say it's not as much quick saving as I did in Max Payne, which I think oh, is the no, only like, other like shooter esque game that we've really done for the yeah. show. Yeah, Max yeah. Max Payne is is 3D Hotline Miami. Like you need <laughs> yeah. to constantly be quick saving in that game. Yeah. Um, which like once you, I feel like once I figured that out, like I had fun with it on its own terms. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like it was an arcade game, like mm-hmm. a really cool arcade game. Yeah. Um. um yeah, so we're or go ahead. I, I just just one more thing about the quick saving. I haven't played this on the PS2. I understand it as a very technically impressive port. I don't know how they would do the quick saving on that. It's probably slow saving. Yeah. Like you can probably save anywhere, but just it takes forever and yeah, it's probably a menu, ruins the game. Menu item. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we're on to the next chapter. We've got hostiles. And uh the military is coming after you because they are gonna clean up. Yep. So Yeah. So the goal of this is to open the silo door. You know, this is gonna help you get to the you know, get to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you know, you're not really seeing them right away. It's not like you are introduced to them just gunning down some scientists, but you see kind of evidence of ambushes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're introduced to traps, mm-hmm. um, like these kind of like trip laser trip wires. Yeah. That show up, um, which I don't know. Is this where you actually get them in your inventory? No, no. So there are two different kinds of laser trip wires. They're, they're the ones that will activate turrets. Um, oh, and then yeah. they're the ones that are like the trip wire uh, mines. And I think I like that that's a little bit for- later. I like how mercifully uh, delicate the turrets are in this game. Yes, like you can take them off, take them out with a well-timed shotgun blast, mm-hmm. you know, or a well, uh, well-distanced. So that's really nice until they become shielded and, and become total nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Um, but initially they're they're pretty pretty fair to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but uh, you see a dead you know dead soldier. So even they with their equipment cannot handle these uh, the, the you know these these aliens. Uh, you pick up the MQ5, which is OP as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the it's like it's the probably your bread and butter weapon. Yeah, for most yeah. of the game, and the alternate fire is really nice. It's a grenade launcher that is mm-hmm. easier to aim than a regular grenade. It's still like when we say it's OP, like it's still it takes like twenty shots to kill an army man. Yeah, yeah. Like it is still, you know, not super powerful, but it's really good mid mid game weapon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the level kind of starts being set up for gunfights in a way that feels incredibly artificial to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's such a weird like the way with a without an explicit cover mechanic mm-hmm. in the game, like it works kind of weird. Like what you can do, you know, in cover. Like since the enemies have these hit scan weapons, are not 
plussed by you. They have no poise. Mm-hmm. You can duck in and out behind the edge of a hallway, but you're just going to get shot every time you're outside of it. Yeah. For the most part, if they're if they're training on you, mm-hmm. you know, so it is weird. Like the gunfights are weird. Like I will like Half-Life, like, man, I, I keep getting to ending theses for this, but it's, just, it's such <laughs> like it's it is so good and interesting at a lot of little things while mastering none of them. Mm hmm. You know, like, and some of the things that it has to do because of the genre it's in are, you know, they're just not very good. Like, yeah. I just feel like as a shooter, it's not very good. Yeah, well, like, case, you know, case, case in point, I love when these, when, you know, when they set up an ambush, like when it feels yeah. like they are adapting to the natural layout of this place. Like, oh, they're, you know, there's mm-hmm. their sandbags. Like, this is an encounter, you know, this is a designed encounter, obviously, because it's in a video game, but it feels like they have set this up intentionally to be a choke point for you. That as compared to, I'm going to reference a game that came much later, uh, in, I think, Dead Space 2, there's a particular kind of enemy that's like raptors that you, okay. you know, that, that, that kind of do a, um, like a hit and run style attack. And you can always tell when you're going to fight them because you walk into what appears to be a Gears of War multiplayer map. With a bunch of crates and, you know, a lot of blind alleys and, um, you know, very limited visibility. It's like, oh, I'm going to spend some time fighting these. And that's a little bit what it feels like here, where even if it isn't an explicit uh, you know, ambush that's been set up, it's like, okay, this the, the, this has obviously been designed for the AI of the soldiers to kind of like, you know, go around. And that kind of breaks the cohesion of the world for me in a little bit. It's it, it to- Yeah. It's like that one door in Wayne's world that they open up and see the guys training for the James Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. The ninjas. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, I, it's like, I, I like the fact that they're doing those ambushes and stuff and the artificiality of it, you know, I can accept it because it's a game. Mm-hmm. The fact that like you can do so little with those set pieces, mm-hmm. like you can't really, you have no mastery of your environment. You know, like if you were setting up ambushes, you know, like that would be a thing because they give you a lot of tools to do things like that. Mm-hmm. But you're not like you're walking it. You walk into a video game set piece level and you just don't have very much you can do other than just kind of like shoot bullets, sponge enemies while they shoot you. Mm-hmm. Like the combat becomes like Final Fantasy where it's two people facing each other, shooting each other. Yeah. You know, and that attrition is just like such a strong theme in the way that this game plays. Mm-hmm. And there there are glimpses of like some encounters where they move to flank and stuff. But I would like you know, my contention would be that never felt natural until fear. Yeah. Like, 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 fear, like fear was a game that took this and kind of, I think, made a, like a worse overall product, but a much better shooter. Yeah, fear, fear is a better shooter, and yeah. it's like not my favorite game in you know the world. Like, I like fear; mm-hmm. it is a better shooter, and that's a weird thing about Half Life is that like lots of things you know it's just not very good at while still being a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and I, we're doing a lot. Of, I, 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 <laughs> I take responsibility for bringing up a lot of generalities. <laughs> yeah, for that. As they come up, so. that, that's perfectly fine. Like we're get, we're going to get them out here, and uh, you know, like on the Facebook page, you you were you were kind of um, uh, I think burning a lot of cast, or at least like <laughs> <laughs> laying everything down, yeah. you know, lay, lay, laying yeah. out your ideas. So it's good that we're committing them to tape. I, th- yeah. I think that in general, I'm 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 a, a, a notch or two more positive about this than you are. I think that I think that's probably true. Like yeah. I like this game in its time, and it should also be noted. Like I'm not coming back to this, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm not uh, coming to this for the first time and just being like, "This isn't, you know, this isn't Call of Duty. This is stupid." <laughs> like I played this right when it came out. Yeah. Like I, you know, this I have the nostalgia lens for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a real big, you know, Half Life. I played all those expansions and stuff. Yeah. Like, um, so it is. I do have that nostalgic factor too. Mm-hmm. I think that just my taste have changed 
Yeah. You know, in a way. Yeah. You know, I just, I like, <laughs> well, what I want to make sure that everybody understands is we are kind of looking at this through the two lenses. One, one, which is like, how did this play in its time? And two, which is kind of like, what did this lay down that was immediately cleaned up by, yeah. by like stuff that came, that came later. And, you know, one of the criticisms of the show is that we don't cover shooters, you know, yeah. like, like that, that we're very selective about the, uh, about the, uh, you know, genres that we that, that you know that we cover i think that this is like this it's a good game to talk about because it is an articulation point um yeah you know and it is historically important but god like we need to speak to somebody who might be coming to this for the first time too right yeah agreed yeah. yeah um but yeah these soldiers um like everything else they are they are bullet sponges um i like that you can hear their uh their radio chatter as well i like that a lot yeah one of them says oh i killed 12 scientists and none of them fought back well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, you monster. Like, this, the soldiers are, are like, um, as an enemy, like, are, you know, are, have, are neat. But they also are, like, weirdly cartoonishly monsters. Yeah. And, like, they will go to any lengths to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. when, when they start rolling out tanks and stuff to kill you, it mm-hmm. gets pretty silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they are immoral shitbags. Yeah, yeah. So. Which is funny, because if they're killing witnesses, they've all seen this stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're probably going to die yeah. in the end, too. There's True. just another bigger army <laughs> waiting for them. Oh, um, man. There was an old woman who swallowed an army. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you open the blast doors and mm-hmm. you're introduced to the blast pit yeah. uh, level, which is a boss fight. Like, this game has a couple big set-piece bosses. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is it's, it's a long big environmental boss fight yeah with multiple multiple parts multiple phases mm-hmm. this i think is like a master work i like yeah. this a lot i i like it a lot too yeah i i probably like it slightly like everything <laughs> that you like assume i like it two notches less but still like it <laughs> yep like i was not as impressed by this i liked it i yeah. think it's good Yep, I remember. Just I, I came, to, I came to it, you know, remembering what what an impression it made on me when I was, you know, fourteen or whatever when I first played this, and uh, and, and boy, it kind of hit me in like like in the same but a slightly different way. Now, like this is mm-hmm. th- this is real, real cool. It is very cool. Yeah, it, like it, it is neat. Um, yeah. So, like, essentially, the whole thing is, um, you know, you have to get in, you have to get through these boarded areas and stuff. Like, it is, it looks like a dangerous area. Yeah, and. Um, you end up in this. Where's this radioactive goop you're talking about? Like I thought this started a little later, but I might be wrong. Yeah, there's like a there's like a short little cart that you have to take. It's like it's their soft introduction to the to the carts that you can control. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like before it, they make you spend like six hours on them later. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, and if it just it, it it flings you off. It may it may or may not be poison. Like the it, like it's it's just like rocket goo. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so essentially, like, the, there's this monster that is in the the nest of a rocket. Yeah. And you have to fire this engine to destroy it mm-hmm. before, and apparently it's growing. And all we see of it are these tentacles. Yeah. Um, which then kill the scientists who told you to destroy it. Yeah. Like, you're, you're in this control room, and then it just kind of, like, comes through, uh, like, deep blue sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and just grabs them and takes them away. And I love the visual design on these guys because, you know, these tentacles, they have, like, beaks on them. Yeah. And it's revealed shortly afterwards when you're talking to a Barney uh, that they are deaf or that they are blind, rather, and that yeah. they that they uh, uh, navigate solely by sound. 
That's my favorite touch in this. Yes. Like that's like the kind of the individual, when I said I was a little bit lukewarm on it, like the getting around to do the things that you need to do mm-hmm. are, don't feel that special to me. The fact that it's deaf and you have to sneak past it several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot. Yeah. Like that part is very impressive to me. Yeah. And, and I think one, one, one level of zoom out from that, just the idea that this is a thing that is so powerful that you cannot kill directly with any tool that you have and that you have to manipulate the environment so that it will kill, you know, that, that will take care of him for you. I think right. that, that that's what kind of like speaks to me and like, a, oh, badass kind of. Way. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it is pretty neat. And like throwing the grenades to kind of get it, you know, mm-hmm. distracted is really fun. The, uh, my Barney glitched out and stood in the door and wouldn't move. So I had to kill this Barney. Oh, to get past him. Like, I felt bad. I was like, just kept clicking on him trying. And he just kept like, yeah, good. I'll stay here. Good. We'll do better if we go together. <laughs> your I'll bar- stay here. Your Barney broke. Yeah. My, he totally broke. So I had to actually murder him with a crowbar because <laughs> he was a human door. Um, <laughs> he was rolling as a door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you have to go around. I think it's like the generator. You have to open up the fuel pipes and you have to uh, uh, flood the chamber with oxygen. Yeah. And, and it should happen. be noted, like, we say that like it's a real perfunctory thing. This is a long level. Yeah, it is. Like, you go through a lot of stuff to do that. And these individual, like, I mean, again, just as a general criticism, like, mm-hmm. everything in this game should be half as long as it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, enemies should die twice as quick. Every level should be half as long. Um, and the game itself should have half as many levels, almost. Like, it is very... You spend a lot of time on each individual. Like, there's a wide variety of things that they really run into the ground, mm-hmm. I feel like. And this is one of those things, too. Even the the, you know, the individual parts of this, like you're just traversing, doing these environmental traversal puzzles mm-hmm. to get to these various switches you have to flip, yeah, to to make this happen. And like each one takes a, you know, it's it's a it's a, a bit little bit of a slog. Like, yeah, it's cool. And the actual mm-hmm. what the what you're doing in service to, I like. Yeah, yeah. But and, you know, and, and it's a combination of two things. I think that there are too many steps to accomplish a lot of things that you're trying to do, um, and I think that things in general are just a little bit too spacious. Yeah, like. You could take the same amount of detail, compress it, and make it more dense. And it would be more impressive. I think that you know maybe maybe that is a you know a modern sensibility that we're bringing to it. Oh, for and, sure. And at, I, the, and at the time, people were more impressed by like, ooh, this is a twenty-hour experience, and look at how much ground I'm covering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, put that through that historical filter. You know, we're looking at it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, it's perfect. Nobody's taking your <laughs> yeah. game away from you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. But eventually, you know, you flip all the switches so you can flip the switch in the main room. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I was going to say that one of the things I like about it is <laughs> the uh, multiple levels with the where you're sneaking past him. How mm-hmm. it makes noises when you're on a ladder. Yeah. So you can kind of sneak. But then once you get on a ladder, it's like there's a little bit of tension where you have to get to the top of it. So you can throw a grenade before it starts, you know, fist beak slamming you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love the sound it makes when it beak slams, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I also like uh, another little de- little detail. The scientist who is hiding out on top of the generator. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> they just stick hidden scientists in the game. They're essentially like a collectible. Yeah. They're like hidden packages in Grand Theft Auto. What if this was like Abe's Odyssey? Yeah. You had to save just, all of them. Yeah. Or I saved none of them. Yeah. Not one person lived because I was in, in Black Mesa. So. Yeah, exactly. Would have been better off without you. Yeah. Yep, yep. Huh. And you know, the world probably would have been more or less the same given what happens in Half-Life 2. Well, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's really all for naught. Yeah, that genie's out of the bottle. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, so um, I don't know what compels you to go downward into this tunnel after you fire the rocket. It's because you're on a train and like that's you you can only go wherever the thing, wherever it's open. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a little bit of where this breaks. Um, but, um, but yeah, you're, you're headed down there. I, I justified it in saying like, okay, Freeman wants to make sure that this thing is actually dead, mm. <laughs> but that is, that, that, that is totally not. That'll break uh, down later. Yep. Cause as you, as you continue to just go into whatever event just happens to be open. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just a little James Sunderland. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're, you're heading through a pipe and it breaks mm-hmm. and it takes you down to the next level. Yeah. And this is where the saggy middle begins. Yeah. Yeah, if the, you remember in Deus Ex when you get to like Vanderburg <laughs> and you do that like endless series of scientists based in ships and stuff where it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you, I could really use a hub world to break this up. Yeah. Like that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. In this game. Yeah. So it's a lot of navigating different, different, barely uh, differentiated parts of the facility in order mm-hmm. to flip a switch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you have to turn on this uh, tram because it'll take you to uh, the Lambda. Yeah. And introduce your first Gargantua. Mm-hmm. Which are these huge, uh, strong enemies that kind of shoot these like floor-mounted things? Like they they put like a little red streak of fire on the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. They're weird. It's a weird attack, mm-hmm. um, but fairly easy to avoid, which is what you want to do initially. Because and it's nice how they train you. Like, oh, you just fought a big enemy. Like, use your environment to kill this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that's something that Valve does. I mean, I alluded to the level design teaching you things. Like they they, they are teaching you concepts and you know testing you on them later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good. And this is just a pretty much like the only notable thing about this level is when you clear the generator and then you come back and the, uh, the, the, the soldiers know that you're trapped. So they start throwing grenades down the elevator at you. Oh, yeah. 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 And also they point a, a turret at a health station. Yeah. Um, which really like lends to the feeling of paranoia like that. Like that. That's one of my favorite things about the tone of this game is that obviously they know where you are and where you're headed. Right. Yeah. So they're like they're yeah. like there's some leaps of logic that you take based on the evidence that uh you know that, that that's being presented to you that are then validated by some of the narrative revelations later, right? Yeah. 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 Um but really that is about it. You lure this gargantio into a power room and you cook it. Yeah. And then you hop on your tram. Yeah, for a never-ending trap chapter. <sighs> this is never a good idea. Yeah, this is it's you know, it's also too like it's funny how you know, my taste, but then I also feel like some of the taste of uh, game appreciators in general to where like being on a train or being on a rail has become something that like can be used to disparage an experience. Mm-hmm. And this game takes so much pride in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's so like, you know, that's their, it's their first foot. This chapter is called on a rail. You spend a lot of time on a train. Mm-hmm. Game ends on a train. Like it is very like unabashed about the fact like here you are going for a ride. You know, yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't it feels like that is something that is a sensibility that is, yeah. you know, would not fly so much here. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it like, is that, is that a case of the Seinfeld effect? Like, what's the deal used to be a perfectly acceptable, you know, setup. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even though like railroading has always been like a disparaging thing in tabletop games. Yeah. Like being railroaded is a is an old trope mm-hmm. for that. Like the DM is just making you do something, and like you are under the control of a non benevolent DM yeah. in this game. So definitely, and you know, I just wonder if like a lot of this stuff is successful because novelty. And I'm a yeah. fan, I'm a fan of novelty in general. Um, Me too. You know, so that yeah. uh, that, that, that I think is is a little bit of why they revel in this is because yeah. like look at this; these are levels that are not just arenas. 
Totally. And like, it's cool at first, like all of mm-hmm. them, like it is neat. Yeah. The, um, like, you know, like this, even this, uh, these, these tram things are fine. You know, it's like essentially about like cautiously checking these, these articulation points in the tracks mm-hmm. that like, you get to the tracks, but you have to slow down because there's going to be a mine or there's going to be soldiers or aliens or turrets on either side mm-hmm. to slowly kind of clear that area and then move on. Yeah. Um, it just happened. It just happens for a long time. Yeah. Just wait, like, and, wait, wait too much of it. Yeah. Way too much of an okay thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you're introduced to one of my least favorite things in the game, which are these sandbag bunkers, Ugh, which are turrets you can't really do anything about. Yeah. Um, I was on, I had like a save with not very much health in front of one of these things. Jesus Christ. That I spent like, I didn't want to start over or anything like that. And I spent so long trying to get past it because they just hit scan. They do so much damage. Mm-hmm. They're really hard to get behind. Like if you get behind them, you can kill them. If you, it seems like almost like you're not supposed to be able to do it. No, what they, you what just they barely see the soldier. What they mean for you to do is throw a grenade in there. Yeah. But you have to be, even if you throw a grenade in there, it doesn't always work. Right. Like I've thrown a grenade in there and missed the guy mm-hmm. somehow or not killed him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So one of the cool thing that you know cool things that happens here is you're starting to see more of the conflicts between the soldiers and the aliens. I really like that. Yeah, like if yeah. you if you give me two independent systems that like are playing against each other and against me, mm-hmm. that's like a, that's a Bioshock thing that I like a lot. Yeah, you know, like that happens in Bioshock. It happens here a little bit, and that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that can happen in games. Yeah, and and I love coming up on the aftermath of a battle like that. Yeah, or watching one in progress and deciding I'll just clean up the tracks because fuck yep. all y'all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing that's kind of in play is the environment as well. So you're not yeah. just kind of going against the aliens and the soldiers, but there are, you know, crates and stuff moving along and there's machinery that, that, that you're going for. So everything is hostile to you and everything is hostile to everything else. Yeah. 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 I like that a little bit a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is where you um, launch the satellite, right? Like Lambda needs a satellite in orbit in order to do its thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you have to sneak into this area to launch a satellite. Yeah. Which, set piece, kind, kind of crazy, but I guess if you are in a rocket base, you're going to fire a rocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this Black Mesa complex just goes on forever. Like, yeah. who even has an idea of the, the scope of this place? Yeah, the actual size of it. Yeah. So, of course, it has a rocket launch pad. <laughs> has a military training. Yeah, military Great. training ground, like, everything, like... Of course, why not? Yeah. Um, so you get you get through there eventually, and you get to the, this next chapter, apprehension, um, which introduces a couple of like, like it's like the stealth enemy chapter, mm-hmm. or like the enemy that disempower you're disempowered against these. Yeah, yeah. Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically the sharks and the ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's a bit where you can get this crossbow from a shark cage, which is <laughs> like a guy. You know, there's a guy, a scientist, a Friedman, who's like, you know, I'm not going in there, and then you. For some reason, the crossbow is in a shark cage, um, which is the closest thing you have to a sniper rifle. I to, love like, this crossbow. Yeah, it's really good. And the 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 it's unlike everything else. It's not hit scan. Like the bolts mm-hmm. have physics, right? So you have to kind of lead your targets and stuff. So here's my question: Did you play the source version or the uh, or the, the the classic one? I did OG. Okay, for, I did yeah. source because that's the one that runs better on a Mac. Oh, okay. um, it's still the same game. They just bring new physics to it. Does the uh, does does the uh, crossbow pin people? in OG? Uh, no. Okay. No, that's pretty cool, but it doesn't do that in OG. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, but it's still um, very effective. Like, it is, yeah. a, it is a powerful, powerful weapon. Yeah. And uh, you fall into this water, and, like, that's always scary. Mm-hmm. Like, not just, you know, not just for me, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, where, like, you were in water and having to deal with, with this enemy kind of coming at you. The ichthyosaur. Ich- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, boy, are these, because of the way the visibility in the water works, um, they Mm -hmm. will just come out of nowhere. And like any kind of shark or water-based enemy, you are in its world. Um, And that is the thing that makes it scary. Yeah, which is yeah, that's it's pretty cool. Like yeah. I, I like these guys. They show up at a couple, you know, a couple different points, and like mm-hmm. always add a lot of tension. I always want to get as far away from them as possible. Yeah, as quick as possible. Yeah, and this this is actually a uh, like a, like a like a neat little uh, narrative beat because one of the Kleiners here actually talks about how this thing showed up a week ago. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, this thing just happened now. He well, talks that's about, what like, you think. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, yeah. it talks about, like, oh, maybe it came from the Challenger Deep, possibly. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, you know, wait a minute. Something doesn't quite add up here. Yeah, exactly. He's lying through his, well, he probably doesn't know. Right, right. But somebody's lying through somebody's teeth. Mm-hmm. And you, you find out about that in a cool way, a cool reveal later. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you have to, there's these weird, like, some more jumping puzzles mm-hmm. um, through these kind of pistons that are moving up and down that are, you know, free, you know, Gordon, Gordon Freeman crushing pistons. <laughs> um, I think I called a Kleinman, a Kleiner Freeman earlier, just in case anyone wants to correct me. That's fine. Um, but the, uh, yeah. And like, for the most part, the platforming in this kind of works mm-hmm. in a weird way for a first person shooter, like yeah. kind of surprised, but it does. It, it, it works well until it totally falls apart. <laughs> yeah. It works. It works until they, they change the, the model yeah. on it completely. Like, but for these parts, it does kind of work. Yeah. And the, 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 the next chapter I think is a real highlight for that. But, yeah, yeah, um, but then you're introduced to this dumb thing. Like, do you like the sexy lady assassins? No, it's what dumb. are you doing? That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why did you get female ninjas to like join your army? Well, they're more like, alive. Do you see? Ah, uh, like, they have more twitch-based muscle reflexes. <laughs> yeah. The um, like, it's so dumb. They're like the... these things are so dumb and don't belong in this world at all. Right. Ugh. Uh, this belongs in no one lives forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or they should be supernatural in some way. Yeah, because they're like super fast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I was young, I actually thought they teleported. Oh yeah. Like I was so impressed by their speed, I was like, I didn't think that they actually. I thought they just teleported. I was like, what yeah. are these aliens? Yeah. Well, um, they, they move around real neat. Like they they actually you know cartwheel and stuff, and they will. They, they <laughs> this is another enemy where you can just tell when you're going to fight them. Like yeah, oh, exactly. there are a bunch of crates around, so I know I'm going to fight these these uh, these <laughs> sexy ladies cartwheel around yeah ludicrous <laughs> yep like you know such a such a weird tonal shift yeah they're also really game. durable i like the way that they're uh that they're introduced like barney's like delivering a message like this is incredibly important yeah <sighs> he's like out of breath and then just yeah it gets shot yeah yeah i thought they were introducing snipers at this point but that comes later yeah um, just based on that but mm-hmm. yeah these things are are one of the most incongruous elements of the half-life universe i think mm-hmm. um just super saturday morning cartoony um but you get caught is kind of the the end result after you deal with these lady assassins mm-hmm. and uh you get all of your you're, you're taken for for questioning by you know again a cartoonishly evil military yeah and i, uh, I say, say we tattoo them yeah <laughs> exactly at some point they say like what are they going to do when they find the bodies like who's going to find the body <laughs> and throw you into a trash compactor yeah just shoot them <laughs> Well, yeah, what happened in the last couple seconds of this game where, like, you're fighting, you know, you're fighting like, Fox Force 5 and, like, and, and dealing with evil military men who, like, and there's an excuse where it's like, oh, you've killed a lot of their buddies. Mm-hmm. That only goes so far. Yeah. You know? Like, they still, like, I don't know. Yeah. They, like, somebody in the military will be mad at you for dropping a POW into a trash compactor. I guarantee it. Yeah. Well... So I, I, it just occurred to me, maybe they shot you in the head, but the suit healed you. 
So they thought oh, you were dead. Yeah, like, or they or they just thought you were a zombie or something. Oh, or and they the, had to, to actually kill you. Like you're a Zen monster. Oh yeah. Oh, you never see yourself, do you? No, you could be a you could be a Zen monster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if humans were the real monster all along? Oh, it's it's it's, it's likely. <laughs> if, if television has taught me anything, it's likely. It was man. Ah. Uh, yeah. But um, I forget if this uh, if if uh, this takes place. If the trash compactor thing is in the next chapter or not, but uh, that is a nice little tense moment, even if it is incredibly cliche. Yeah, yeah. There's a trash compactor, and you have to kind of climb on some some bricks. You have to crouch jump Mm -hmm. in this game, which is a mechanic that has entirely been abandoned by video games. Mm -hmm. But there are jumps you can't make unless you jump and then pull the bottom half of your body up onto the thing you're jumping on. Which It's very weird, but you have to do it here, like, a lot. I understand that that's mantling. Like if, yeah. if if they were mirrors edging this, it would just be something that happened automatically, and you see your arms like pull yourself out. But it's like, okay, I need to make myself shorter. Ball up. Yeah, yeah. You samus yeah. a dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You, you do the samus dip. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this chapter is all about jumping puzzles and conveyor belts. Yeah, and I like it as like a nice little break because the the, the combat has been escalating up to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take away all your all your weapons, and you know, really, what you're finding are the environmental weapons. So you get your you know your your crowbar back, you get your uh, you know uh, satchel mines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're just kind of going around in this factory. It's you know it is residue processing, so they are processing waste, such it, it as discarded like scientists. Of, it seems like rupture farms. Yeah, it does. I was I remember thinking like, why is there rupture farms in the middle of <laughs> Black Mesa? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, why is there nothing on these conveyor belts? Why are they still running? And why are they running me through furnaces? Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, what is this actually for? Yeah. Um, I mean, I realize it's residue processing. Yeah. But what does that mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it is like, it does speak to that pacing because we did just have that very intense combat encounter and it's nice to do some environmental stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Like, I like it. It's nice and varied too. Like, oh. I, I, th- I think that, you know. I, I haven't. I could imagine that this is a divisive chapter, but I haven't seen people complain about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, this is bringing back something that we really haven't seen an awful lot of since uh, what is it? Unintended consequences when you're escaping from the from the broken down lab. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're going to be in the Pacific Northwest on the weekend of October 17th and 18th, why not head to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo? And hang out with your buddies, Gary and Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. My, my booth. Yeah, um, we, my my booth. <laughs> or at voice. Yes. The uh, yeah. If you if you if you want to enjoy my wife <laughs> at the <laughs> the, the, the the don't enjoy my it, wife. No, it's it, it's gonna go too far eventually. Yeah. Nobody's complained yet, but <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> If you if you want to uh, uh, sloppy Joe, sloppy, <laughs> like which of these are isn't that special? Let, let's see, <laughs> Bootherino. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't believe hey. in vaccines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah, baby. <laughs> Do you want to go to the Bootherino podcast to Monday? Yeah, buddy, wheeze the podcast at the uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. If, if you're a fan of quality podcasting like that, <laughs> like this, yeah. If you enjoy uh, Saturday Night Live, 1991 to 1994. Yep. Um, the films uh, Borat and Austin Powers. Yeah. The spy has shagged me. Yeah. Um, you, you will enjoy our appearance. Yeah. At the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Mm-hmm. We, oddly enough, we don't know when we're going to go on. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they, they, they get this together fairly late. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we will make an announcement on our social channels when that happens. We're going to be discussing Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and and as a as a you know, depending on how the panel goes and how we kind of work out the notes for it, mm-hmm. I think it would be a fun idea, Cole, if we watched the movie and talked about that for a second too, because <laughs> that movie is really special. Yes, it is, and the video game based on the movie. Yep. Because we, we similar to when we did Mario Kart last year. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done it, you should purchase the Mario Kart episode from last year because it's really fun. Yeah, it's a good episode. Um, but we'll probably talk a little bit about the series because we for the uh, the live shows we choose a game that would be for the most part I've chosen a game that would be a weird episode mm-hmm. um, to do. But and because of that, we also talk a little bit about the series history and stuff. Yeah. So Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter too. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna have a booth set up. We're gonna have some stuff to give away and some stuff to buy, mm-hmm. and also just come by and meet us because we'd love to meet you. Yeah, come, you know, come by, um, hang out. I think we're doing. We're gonna have like a hangout um, on Saturday night. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah we're doing a, a meetup at the Lovecraft Bar um, on that Saturday. So come have some beers with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be a really good time. Yeah, I am. I am really looking and forward, we look to, forward it. to seeing you. Yeah, yeah, we really want to meet you. Yeah. Those dates, those dates are October the 18th and 19th at the uh, at the Oregon Convention Center. I said 17th and 18th. That was my bad. Oh, um, 18th and 19th. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, come join us in a van down by the river, <laughs> the Willamette River, <laughs> at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, things start picking back up again. Would you agree, Gary? I would. I like this chapter a lot. Yeah, this is Chapter 9, Questionable Ethics. This is probably my favorite chapter that is based on Earth. Like, as far <laughs> yeah. from an environmental. Because, mm-hmm. like, like me, I keep I keep making these shadowy references. Like, what if the real surprise of this podcast is like, I love Zen. It's the only time this game is good. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> but I just like the environment of Zen. Like, I like how Zen looks. Uh-huh. And I'm going to like the concept of Zen. Because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's neat. Yeah. Um, but this is like it. This is where, you know, again, give me a monster zoo. Like it is. It is like my favorite thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, and they, gosh, just the way they make you walk right into it. So yeah. You, so you come up that ladder into into an electrified pen that is full of hound eyes, but also yeah. dog carriers. Yeah. So yeah, these like, things have become pets. Yep. And you know that um, that you know they they have been getting the the anomalous materials. Mm-hmm. From this thing, but you did not know that they've been experimenting on these monsters and beasts. Yeah, so this kind of blows it wide open. It goes all the way to the top. Yep. Um. Who boy? And uh, <laughs> like you're just walking through a monsters. It was an incredibly apt uh, version of this because they are in test pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also does a thing that I love uh, that shooters do, and like this is not the best example of it, but something like that happens all the time in Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> but like environmental things to interact with that don't advance anything, like you can kind of do some of these experiments on these things. Like there's a room where you can lit out a bunch of head crabs and then zap them with, you know, the lightning bolt that they're testing them on mm-hmm. and stuff. Like just fun things to like just kind of see what it's like to be in the environment, yeah, without it, you know, it being necessary or a puzzle, yeah. Yeah, piss on a stripper. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. In in some ways, it's Half Life's version of urinating on a stripper. <laughs> yep. um, like, yeah, I like that game, but it is so dumb. It's so yep. problematic. Like that was very influential to me too. Like I really liked playing Duke Nukem 3D, uh-huh. and I still think that is a real good 2.5D shooter. <laughs> but man, is it politically the worst? Yep, it is. It, it is probably responsible for a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a bad. 
of so, a, a force for bad. It's a bad example. Yeah, it is a bad example. Yeah. While still being, like I said, like, like a I think good it, was a, it is a, it is a fun two point five D shooter. Uh huh. Um, but man, yeah. Oh man, what's the name of this? Uh, so it's not the Gargantua, but it is the hardier version of the Zen um, creatures, right? I, um, I don't know yeah, the name of like, oh, the the big, tank. yeah, the the big tanky dudes. Yeah, the tanky dude um, who shoots the bees at you. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I, I, I love this because you have to, it's like a Resident Evil beat almost. You have to let him out of this test tube that, you know, that, yeah. that, that he's in in order to proceed. And, you know, like it's actually set up for pursuit. So like as you're going through these test chambers, like you can lock yourself into the observer's room and actually use the, uh, use the environment against him. Mm-hmm. If you, if you opt not to take him out, you know, in his room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and these guys are again like with every enemy are pretty serious bullet sponges, mm-hmm. but like these were the guys that like my joy fighting these things was entirely dependent on if I had explosives. Right, like they blow up pretty good. <laughs> if I had to fight them with bullets, I would get annoyed. They blow up sure. real good. Yeah, they blow up good. Yeah, you get exploded good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rewinding back to the to the hound's eye room, I had mm-hmm. no health for some reason mm-hmm. after. Um, Oh gosh! After what is it? The re- residue processing, and so yeah. like getting out of that because you come up right in the middle of them, and they have these adorable little shockwave um, attacks. Yeah. So it just be dead. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Real, and it's it's right before there's a little bit of health. Like, and you can break crates and stuff to get health. Yeah, this whole time. But they also, I love like I don't love it. I I hate it. I love when you break crates and there are head crabs in there. Like, yes, I guess they could teleport directly in there, but it just feels like a dumb gotcha thing to me. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Not 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 exactly the best, but um the rest of this is, is pretty good just because you're continuing to see these uh you see these experiments that are done and kind of the goal is you're you're at the front door. I don't know why they're clandestine. Um <laughs> like lab is right next to their lobby. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you next to the gift shop. Yeah, like there's one way that goes to this, and then there's one way that goes to the tram that goes to the actual complex. <laughs> yep. And there's just like, you know, a two-way mirror between them. <laughs> so so you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the Goss Cannon during a little set piece thing where a scientist is talking to a guard about it. Mm-hmm. Where like he overcharges it. Yep. Yeah, which that's a fun little little beat. And a real cheap gotcha death if if you just happen to be walking a little too close to the explosion. Yeah. So again, encouraging that quick saving. Yeah. I love the Gauss Cannon. Yeah, it's really nice. And yeah. it was my it was my fallback. Like it was my go-to weapon for anything bigger than than a soldier for yeah, a lot of the game. Well, it works, it works great because like it feels like it should be as precise as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike like every other yeah weapon, more or less. And um, you, I you, very you, rarely charged it too. Yeah, like, I, that, they put me off of that through their uh, through their demonstration. Yeah, and and oh. you know just by how rare that uh, you know that that ammo is. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of. Did you ever play Quake Three Arena? Uh, yeah, the railgun. Yeah, yeah, oh. that instant one hundred percent accurate sniping dudes from across the map. Love the railgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so in order to open this front door, you have to get some scientists who will trip the retinal scanners. Uh, I think it's because you, you showed up late. You didn't get your, uh, your eyes put into the system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose the function of NPCs in this game is very strange and is an under, like an underutilized or underdeveloped aspect of the game. Yeah. Like they function kind of as keys sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's never like, thankfully there's never any tension. It's not an escort mission. Mm-hmm. You never have to keep them around. It just, sometimes there's a scientist at one end of a hallway. You have to lead to the other end of the hallway. Yeah. Let you through, which I'm not saying I'd rather have it be, you know, an escort mission, but it also felt like weirdly perfunctory. Yeah. Well, they stepped their game up a lot in half-life too, when they yeah. became, when they became squad mates and that yeah. actually happened. You had squad mates in uh, an opposing force. 
Yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. And here they, they have some nods towards that with all the Barneys you can take with you. But again, the, all they ever have is a pistol yeah. and they just die so quick. Like yeah. it is just a way to ensure the death of a Barney. <laughs> if, so. if that's your bag. Yeah, I thought you bag, baby. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I didn't like the laser lab puzzle that much. It, it was real video gamey to me. It's super video gamey. Yeah. And, and you say it's not an escort mission, but if you don't clear out those front hallways of the soldiers, um, they will kill your scientists. Then do you, how, what happens then? I don't know. Because I felt like there, were, <laughs> there weren't any situations where that would happen to me and that would happen to me based on how I was playing. Yeah. So maybe like just another scientist drops down from the yeah. ceiling or something like that. Like, oh, So maybe it's something really cool where they make it feel like it's, you know dangerous yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about that room-wide surgery machine yeah <laughs> just yeah spinning. that's very weird <laughs> okay you need to stand right here yeah <laughs> on this just... mark it'll take out your appendix on yeah, this mark it'll take out your spine yeah don't move at all and don't have a slightly differently placed appendix <laughs> yeah whatever you do <laughs> um yeah so you get to this next level which uh goes on forever oh my gosh it should be three different levels <laughs> Yeah, well, I I don't want this game to be twenty levels long. Like I wish it wasn't three level levels long. It's just it is just goes on. This yeah. is like the most shootery of the levels. Like this yeah. is you fighting the military for a long time. Yeah, this is Freeman's revenge. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is which is nice. Like as a as a, as a means of um, turning the you know turning the tables. Right, it's a power fantasy. Right. Without, but it's like, I feel like this is, again, just as a running theme, like something that's done so much better in Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. Because when you get the super gravity gun, like, that's what that feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, shit, fuck, fuck you, fuck everybody who's disarmed me this entire time and everything. Mm-hmm. This, like, I didn't feel that much more powerful. No? Like, I'm back, but I didn't feel like I was fighting more things, but I didn't feel like I was better equipped to do so. Yeah. Just with the railgun. It may just be a function of, this, like, they're putting you in this situation more, per, you know, in a more pronounced fashion. Hmm. Like, so, you know, it actually is, you know, forcing you to confront these guys. And, you know, even if you win just by attrition, you still think, yes, I am a one man army who is taking out an actual army. Yeah. You know, so it's it's more the the, the, the results than the actual reality of what they're having you do. Yeah, maybe. It, yeah. it also, but like, and I also have some weird, you know, I think Gordon Freeman works slightly better as just like an everyman who is resourceful and crafty rather than. You know, essentially Duke Nukem. I agree. You know, which is what he becomes in this. Yeah. This chapter. Like, and this is a walkthrough of a bunch of cliches that you're going to find later. Like, yeah. like in later in games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, such as like, hey, semi water level, like, you know, they're setting up the, uh, the, the, the sandbags and the, you know, the, the way out isn't through. It's actually to, you know, take the, you know, to, to, you know, to go through the turbines and yeah. stuff. Um, the yeah. minefield um, as yeah. well. Uh, which feels super cheap. There's no indication of where the mines are as often in real life there, there isn't, but yeah. Is this, is this where they introduce those little, little bugs that you can throw? Oh yeah, it is. Isn't that's it? why I use those as mine testers. Okay. Like that was, that was the idea, even though like those things, that's such a weird item because <laughs> if they don't get blown up by a mine, they come back and kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a bad weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't, I didn't use them. Um, it's just bizarre to encounter them as ammo pickups. Yeah, because they don't look like something you should touch. Right. But if you just happen to walk over them, you get the, you know, little <laughs> ammo noise. That's really strange. Yeah. Um, but that's how I tried to deal with the minefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the cliff face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is great. Like, this is, you know, I think the, the not the litmus test. It is kind of the canonical example of what do you do to force people to look up or down? 
Mm. Yeah, because prior to this in shooters, like Quake Two had a little, you know, had a little bit of it, but this is something Valve is known to do, which is how can we design it so that you're not just kind of effectively playing a two D game? Uh, yeah, kind of. Like I, don't, I feel like there's a lot of games that precede this that do that. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you know, not least of which like Duke yeah. 3D. I'm not trying to be like a white knight for Duke 3D, but yeah. that game has tons of verticality. Okay. Like you constantly have to be, you know, you use a jetpack in it. Mm-hmm. Like you constantly have to be moving up and down. Yeah, yeah. In that game, so like that's a good example of it, but I don't feel like it's that early of an example of it. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe I'm putting a lot of weight behind that because this is that this has become Valve's thing. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the first time Valve did it. You know, <laughs> jeez. Like, Take the wind well, out of my sails. No, no. Here. I just, I mean, if, if you're saying that like it's a thing that Valve is known for, mm-hmm. it's no worth noting. Like it's the first time they yeah, yeah. experimented with it. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make the point less valid. It just makes it a different point. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you're you know you're you're pulling a solid snake and taking out a hind. Yeah, yeah, because you're a 27 year old MIT graduate. Um, I like when the Valve theme comes in. Yep. Here, because I forgot that was actually a piece of music from the game. Mm-hmm. I just was so associated with like starting Left for Dead. Yep. You know, so it's like right when you pick up the RPG too. Yeah, it's really cool. That's a that's a good that's a good piece of music too. Yeah. I like uh, I like the way the RPG works a lot as well. Yeah, just we the fact that it's laser to, guided. Yeah. Yeah, you get to hold it on there. Um, interesting thing, you don't have to fight that hind here. The, uh, I somehow got around doing it, um, either through avoidance or through like inexplicit save scum glitching it away from me or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never never fought the helicopter here, even though I remembered it from a kid. And I, was, I kept thinking it was going to come later. I'm like, when do I fight the helicopter? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Well, that's weird. So when you say you don't have to fight it, like it's not mandatory, but it just didn't show up. It showed up, and then I either got killed or something happened, and then. I quick saved, or I went to another area, and then it, it like just made a pass and never came back. Oh, like it came what? back for the the long section where it's chasing you, mm-hmm. but not on the cliff face. It didn't show up. Right, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, yeah, yeah. Huh. And it also there's also a part where um, in the tunnel right after the hind, um, the game glitched and stuck me into a wall. So that happened. It was really frustrating. And apparently it's a fairly common glitch when you're doing level transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I got around it is I had to jump past that section of the wall. Like if I was in the air during that part, it was fine. But I just had to keep quick saving, quick loading until I realized the exact frame that like the game was sticking me in the wall. Jesus. And to make sure I'm in the air for that. That sucks. So for like a very technically well put together game that does have some glitches you had to get around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. They introduced the snipers a little bit later. After uh, you fight a tank, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, I like the uh, I like the snipers when they are in the um, in the kind of blind alleyways mm-hmm. where it becomes like a, you have to check the corners and toss a grenade up into their nest. Yeah, when they're far away, I'm not as into them because I don't really have a weapon that like all my weapons work that way. But it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a, something that's part of my arsenal. Yeah, you know. Uh, but they, when they're in the closed quarters areas, I like them a little bit more. Yeah, they slow things down for the uh, for the artillery house with a uh, with mm-hmm. the warhead. Yeah, where that some asshole set up a bunch of mines around <laughs> around warhead. a nuclear warhead. Derp, burp, 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 burp. Yeah, burp, burp, burp. And then you get, like that that gets you the weirdest gun in the game, the B gun. The B gun is super strange. Yeah. The B gun does it work against the B gun holders? Yeah. Okay, it never seemed to for me. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I was never sure if I was actually damaging the thing I was shooting with this. Yeah. Um, it was really useful for soldiers because you can shoot above their cover mm-hmm. and the bees will home in. Yeah. 
But yeah, it is a weird gun. The great thing about it is it recharges. So the yeah. bees, the, it just grows new bees for you. Yeah, from bees some, are constantly fucking. <laughs> yeah, from, from some unidentified source of biomass. Um, so yeah. it actually is really well, effective. It's bee penises and bee vaginas. <laughs> like it's not unidentified. It's when a mama bee and a daddy bee love each other very much. No, no, I understand that. But where, but where did okay. the biomass come from? Is it drawing from you? It comes from the bees' pussies. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh no i don't know why i had to explain this to you cole <laughs> b pussies no it, com- it comes from their their uh apr pussies <laughs> come over here and get some honey <laughs> oh man Ugh. oh man oh man <laughs> that's not that's not gonna be a t-shirt gary um fuck this apc yeah yeah the the big long trench where you have to like yeah and the frustrating i spent forever on this area um because it looks like the door that's right in front of you that has rubble and it looks like you can get through it Mm -hmm. which i hate and inside there is all the weapons and health you'll ever need yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's it's, uh it's testing you yeah it's very annoying. And like, so like there's a little bit of bad uh, flagging as to what things can be destroyed with conventional weaponry, which what and what things need to be destroyed with set piece stuff in this game. Mm-hmm. Like they do a lot of introducing like big alien things that you have to destroy with set piece stuff. And then they introduce big tanks that like, okay, I have an RPG, but I have three bullets, you know, and there's not like a really good sense if you actually got a direct hit and if it's good enough. And then later they introduce big aliens that you do have to just kill with your conventional weaponry. Like, it's a little, you know, it's kind of a little shitty mm-hmm. in how they do that. Like, they are very good at it, but they're still learning. They're tutorializing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know, this is this is the nadir of this chapter, which I, I, I think that I like this chapter on the balance, like maybe like a moderate, like, okay, cool, because it is ramping the pacing back up. Yeah. But uh, but boy, like this, uh, I I dreaded getting to this APC section uh, yeah. for for you know for a lot of the reasons that you're you know that that, that you're that you're bringing up, uh, but mainly because I was always out of resources when I like whenever I got here. Well, and we should also point out that the the reason why even though you have an RPG, the reason why it's troubling to fight this thing is the way that the RPG works is after you shoot the rocket, you have to hold a laser on the thing you want to hit. Yeah. And if you were inside of this APC, it will kill you really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of have to luck out mm-hmm. and have it not kill you before you get in a shot. Like, again, it, this was one of those points where I felt like, is it possible to be good at Half-Life? <laughs> like, I, I don't uh, I don't feel good at this. I just feel like, yeah, I'm lucking out. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a big non-differentiated mass of navigation puzzles and stuff after this where I just kind of stopped paying attention and taking notes. Yeah. Um, it introduces yeah. the biomass um, uh, trampolines, which are yeah. frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, they don't. They fire seemingly randomly. Yeah, you know, like sometimes against your will, mm-hmm. and those get those are a nightmare during the unboss. Yeah, um, for for doing that. But eventually, you get to this uh, giant Goliath thing again, mm-hmm. and you have to call in an airstrike against it, which is a cool set piece. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit silly, but I like I like this part. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're kind of like doing etch a sketch stuff with this uh, with this GPS machine. Um, mm-hmm. That you have to follow the guy around and identify like, okay, this mark you know, corresponds to this part of the, you know, design, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to, after you take him out, you have to free up, um, like an actual path through. Yeah. Which was very funny to me. Like when you (laughs) actually blow up the the wall and you just hit the right spot that makes the entire wall blow up. Yep. 
Yeah, like it's it's very artificially. Yeah, but it's fine. Yep. Um, you're on to forget about Freeman, which is what the military guys say because they finally have decided <laughs> we've sacrificed enough hundreds of men to kill one scientist. <laughs> they made the decision they should have made. You know, after you killed like five people, um, the sunk dude fallacy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the sunk soldiers, yeah. sunken counter sunken soldier <laughs> fallacy. Yeah. Um, this is a very strange chapter, and I don't know that I like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it. In fact, I'm going to say that like I'm more or less not into the rest of the game. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there's there's, there's <clears> some <throat> things to like, but this is and this game has 16 chapters. I'm on chapter 11, mm-hmm. just to give an eye of proportion, like a, an eye in proportion. But like this chapter, the Lambda Core chapter, I think is really tedious, and obviously Zen and Zen goes on way longer than I remember it being. Like mm-hmm. I feel like this game done fall off, fell off, and we're at like 66. percent Yeah, so. Womp. So the the gimmick of this is that everything is falling apart. Yeah. You know, this first room, I died in it several times. Like the ceiling is falling apart in yeah, Tetris pieces. Conspicuously, yeah, exactly. Conspicuous <laughs> Tetris piece ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the goal is to you know, kind of get through to Lambda. This is, you know, like since the first third of the game, you're headed to this place, the secret mm-hmm. base within the secret base. Um, and it's just kind of like scraps at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they introduced these uh, really annoying, uh, like the like the 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 hives, I suppose. They have to destroy yeah. in order to like they'll they'll blow up and send exploding bugs after you. Those which... things are those are the things you can pick up. Mm-hmm. Those exploding bugs, but the section where you're in the uh, the vent mm-hmm. with those things is so fucking annoying. Yeah, because they do so much damage. Like. It is just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and they'll go away eventually. And what that led to me doing was kiting them around a stage. Yeah. You know, until, until they just they... yeah. Blew up died on of, until he died of old age. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just set my I set my system clock forward a hundred years. Yeah, until all the bugs were dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess you fight a you fight a gargantua. Yeah. Uh, there's a radiation yep. hallway. Yep. Let's and just talk you about eventually lambda. Have, you have to use a tank to uh, um, lambda. So this is you doing some science. Like, again, this chapter had the most in common, like, what you're doing with um, the boss, the Blast Pit chapter. Mm-hmm. In that you're in this very small area, just kind of running errands until you could do something. Yeah. Like, going back and forth, running errands. Mm-hmm. has respawning enemies, though. Oh, which, God like, damn. I don't think is okay in a game with limited resources. Nope. You know? And uh, a lot of them are those those medium ogre-sized things that just mm-hmm. take so many fucking hits. Yeah. And at this point, I'm, like, speed running. Like, I just want to run away from them. Yeah. You know, and just get past them and get through it because mm-hmm. I was so, like, kind of hate finishing this game at this point. Yeah, it's, it's you know, like, super backtracky. And, uh, yeah. like, the like the rear spawning is, like, full-on in effect here. I would almost call them monster closets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just as soon as you go through an area, there's going to be some guy behind you. You do tons of damage. You have mm-hmm. no way to, to to have that telegraphed. Yeah. Or unless you're like just constantly looking behind you. But like this game presents itself as like a slow down puzzle chapter. Mm-hmm. And given what we know of the pacing of the game, that's what it should be. Yeah. Like the last several chapters have been high octane action. We're going to Zen, mm-hmm. like which is you know ostensibly the climax of the game. This should have been like an environmental puzzle. Yeah. Level, and it kind of is. But just with enemies sprinkled everywhere. Yeah. Like, like what if you slam jam these together? They should have taken the lever and, you know, like throttled it, throttled it over to the other to the other direction. Mm-hmm. Instead know? of just clicking both of them up. Yeah. Make it make it a narrative chapter. Make it like, yeah. you know, the, like the, these are the best of the best scientists. They've been tracking you, you know, throughout this. And there are, you know, hints of that. Like there's the guy with the glue on gun, which is mostly useless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, you're just kind of going to cool and takes and it introduces the, 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 the teleporting a little bit. Like yeah. you have that kind of neat set piece of doing the, the, the teleportation puzzles, but even that gets really tedious because it's either you proceed or you're put into a small room with a lot of hostile enemies. Which is going to be a theme. Like, they're foreshadowing their worst design choice <laughs> yep. in the game. Um, that teleportation puzzle thing drove me fucking bonkers because, like, it's resultant or it's dependent on you teleporting into a thing at a time where you'll, the, you're, you have a stationary exit portal and you need to go into it when a platform is floating under it that's moving. And if you, you can't always see that platform mm-hmm. from the, the angle you have to enter the teleporter in. Yeah. So it becomes this immense trial and error thing, and there's just tons of hidden shit you can get too. Uh-huh. But you just have to like just kind of luck into all of it. Yeah. Like I just I got so saves coming here because I was so sick of like having no control over where I went. Yeah. Like um, what a what a weird garbage dump of ideas that they just like trashed at the end of this game. <laughs> like you it's it's been so tight up at this point, even though I don't feel like it's been successful at everything. But like, mm-hmm. man, that's a bad idea. Have you ever gone into the dining room of a, of a Taco Bell and they've had that game where you drop the uh, the, the the coins onto the onto the uh, rotating, uh, you know, like little platforms yeah, that you in do? water, like yeah, yeah, like they're in water and little yeah. red uh, plastic discs. Yeah, to 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 win some uh, to win some free cinna twists. Yeah, and the, you know, and it goes to the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation or whatever. That's yeah. that's what this is. <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 is, that is what this is. I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and all the while you're killing tons of ogres and shit. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, but so. you get to Kleiner. I think this is the canonical Kleiner. Okay. Yeah. yeah the original Kleiner. <laughs> Maybe Kleiner Prime. Yeah, because yeah, it's the one that you know survives. Yeah. Like you can't just lead him into a pit. Yep. I'm sure you can shoot him in the head if you want to. Oh yeah. But <laughs> it's always your right to shoot somebody in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is the exposition dump. This is the first mention of Zen, mm-hmm. you know, by mm-hmm. name. Um, and you also get the uh, the long jump model. And if these scientists had this much ammunition and also HEV suits, why weren't they defending themselves? Yeah, you are a scientist. <laughs> in an HEV suit with a yeah. lot of ammunition. Like, yeah, you are just a scientist in this game. Like, I don't know why these guys are less capable than you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about long jump module for a second. Holy shit. Why can't that on a on a PC, why can't that be a different button? I don't know. Like and I, if I have this many buttons to choose from, yeah. And they were designing for a console, making it be this run crouch jump thing mm-hmm. that like sometimes fires. Like there's no reason this shouldn't have been like the C button yeah. or the control button to do a long jump. Mm-hmm. Like it's very frustrating <laughs> to yeah. me. And it's compounded by the weird um gravity on Zen. Yeah, it, well, exactly. They they spend some time acclimating you to the jump mm-hmm. and then put you in an entirely different environment to do the jump. Yeah. So, like, the, your practice time is meaningless. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it's it's just crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know why they didn't just design Zen differently so you didn't need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Zen is just a real mindfuck. Like, Zen... Like, so you have this little portal sequence first where you have to keep Kleiner alive. You're yeah. introduced to, again, just going back to Duke 3D, introduced <laughs> to those uh, floating enemy brain things that look yeah. like they're from Duke, Duke 3D. Yeah, the, the, the floating space babies. Yep. Yep, floating space babies. Um, well, I guess they don't look like Duke 3D things. They look like floating space babies. Mm-hmm. For some reason in my mind, I was replacing them with giant brain things. <laughs> but floating space babies. Yeah, well, they have big heads. Yeah. yeah, Magnum's a, a pro tip for these guys. Oh, yeah. We never talked about the Magnum. I love the Magnum. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, the Magnum's really good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and it, it was it was a real like when I got sick of everything being a bullet sponge. Mm-hmm. That's when you break out the magnum ammo. Yeah, and it's not quite as prohibitive as it is in a Resident Evil game. Yeah, like you you know, ammo is rare but not unheard of. Yeah, yeah, you you pretty much always have at least three you know three in the chamber. Yeah. 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 And this is like you have to, you know, survive for 30 seconds. It's not that bad. Like it's it's frustrating because they don't say go now. Right, right, right. So you and you, you get through and you teleport to Zen. So we're in the, we're in the Zen section. And one thing that's frustrating about that keep Kleiner line sequence is that your resupply doesn't come right away. Mm-hmm. Here like the health resupply takes a little bit of time and the turrets in here do tons of damage and they don't there's nothing that makes you think they are turrets right again just like one of those like, just gotcha moment things mm-hmm. that if you i hope you yeah. quick saved <laughs> you know everything right now is natural flora and fauna yeah eventually you start seeing some alien machinery but like this is a completely hostile alien world yeah yeah which again i love the design of it those little plants that hide from you mm-hmm. when you close them those are great yeah um, also, you know, just you're kind of headed down toward this giant space pimple and mm-hmm. you're on these very small suspended platforms that have other dudes in HEV suits. Yeah. They've tried this before. before you and, yep. And, and died. Yeah. Do you start off on the platforms or do you start off on the, the main island? You start off on the platforms. You're headed down oh, to the okay. main island. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The main island is where I died really quickly to the turrets. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that's offset by the fact that, uh, the water here will heal you. Yeah, super so, slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just you just kind of pop down there and you check the something awful forums and then you come exactly. back. Exactly. You come back and you're you're healed. Yeah. 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 And that's pretty much it. You have to work your way in through it like into the middle of the giant space pimple and um yeah. do something that is bizarrely again like an odd world <laughs> puzzle with <laughs> these natural butterfly portals. But this takes you into kind of Zen proper. And I think the part of Zen that people kind of hate not the most like interloper is pretty bad, but like so far it's been kind of tolerable aside from the turrets. Right. Yeah. It, it, like this is a, this is a, a mercifully brief chapter that is low on combat and is just, you know, putting this visual design in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is annoying, but it's not as bad as the next three things that are going to happen. Yep. Um, so you end up in uh Gonarch's lair who doesn't look like that intimidating of a, of a, boss fight like it's, he looks like just like a big mushroom with legs yeah. with a hanging ball sack <laughs> under him it's like the masturbating bear from conan yeah 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 he's he's just a, a big big set of testicles on four legs yeah um who takes more ammo to kill like this is all of the bad things that half-life has done with combat all in one Where like i don't know if i need to kill this thing through the environment because i don't know that my weapons are having an effect mm-hmm they're not having an effect for a long time because he is a set piece boss in that, like you have to constantly make him retreat. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can be killed until he gets to his final area. Right. Which that's some like straight up, you know, shitty, you know, grand theft auto. Like this guy's invincible until a flag clicks and you can shoot him. Yeah. Stuff like that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be in games for real. Um, and man, those goddamn things that he spawns. Yeah. Well, the, the, the baby mini the, head crabs. Yeah. The baby head crabs. Oh. Um, like the, 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 they're not big enough for you to, to effectively attack and they do incredible damage. They might as well be Magnum bullets. Yeah. They, they are, they're un unacceptable yeah. <laughs> as enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole chapter is unacceptable as a thing. And like, you get to the end of it and like, it is just, it is real touch and go. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult without being fun. I never know whether I, whether it's like, 
the thing that the game does to signal you like, hey, it's actually time to take this seriously and fight it mm-hmm. is when you get to that final little arena that is too small to meaningly, meaningfully avoid anything. Mm-hmm. It's just... Ugh. And it has other shit in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has um, like those little things that slam you. Yeah. Like the, the little tentacles. Yep. That hurt you. It has like some pickups, but not enough to like... Sustain give you a fighting yeah fighting chance at this thing yeah. like realistically what they should do is give you enough pickups at the end of that that you could kill it no matter how much damage you've done right or like no, or right. no matter how much how much you actually have on you at the time like and who knows if the damage you've done at this point even matters like right. i i felt like a sucker like have i been wasting my rpg rockets on this thing because i thought i could kill it but mm-hmm. really i just could have just shot it with the pistol you know 20 times until it decided to run yeah like, you really, if you're going to do a, a boss that is, like, there's two ways to do the boss fight you have to lose against, or the invincible boss. Like, you either have to really telegraph that it's invincible or mm-hmm. make it not matter. Like, you can't have a cost in it if, if, it seems, if it's presenting in good faith, which this does initially. Like, oh, I have to fight this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it with my strongest stuff because it's a monster and it's Gonark and I'm in Gonark's lair. Mm-hmm. That's really not the smartest thing to do though. No, you know, in the game and like it feels like a betrayal of play, like player trust. Yeah, like it it sucks. Gonark sucks. Yeah, yeah. And the next chapter isn't much better. Like it turns no. into a different game. I fucking hate Interloper. Yeah, Interloper is really really bad. And uh, yeah, so you're in this like Zen alien factory. Yeah. Thing. And, like, there's a neat narrative beat, like, when you come in here, first off, you see all of your other mini-bosses. Like, hey, guys, what's up again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as you are working your way through this through this war zone, after you do the most annoying, pu- like, platforming in the game, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like you, you know, you're, you're working your way down. You step on top of a hair, which sends you up into space. I'm not kidding. This is what happens. <laughs> and then you have to hope that you can, like, barely make a long jump into a teleporter. It's yeah. real rough. Yeah. But, but like yep, once yep. once you actually teleport, you know, into the outskirts outskirts of this factory, the uh the Vortigaunts are non-aggressive. I I killed them because I didn't trust them. Okay. <laughs> like at this point, like I forgot that they I knew they turned out to be good guys in the second one. Uh-huh. But I was just like I don't want the, I'm so mad and like so just want to get done with this. I can't have this thing killing me. <laughs> yeah. I will kill it from a distance. Yeah. Um and throughout this, like ever since you've been um in Zen, uh there's kind of this disembodied voice that is we are all slaves. Yeah. You know. And saying like, "Oh, we are all slaves. What's happening here?" That's right. the hint towards the towards the combine. The hints. They didn't you know the combine was just a twinkle in Gabe Newell's eyes at right. this point? But that, you know, that, right. that 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 is the logical link. Yeah, or just that like you know these are the real enemy has not been the Vortigaunts. Yeah, yeah. This whole time, for like in this game being in a vacuum, it doesn't that feels like an unnecessary plot complication. Yeah, to me, um, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. What's not fine um, <laughs> is you get through this and you get to the last level, uh, Nihil- Nihilanth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nihilanth, who is a giant uh, space baby, mm-hmm. who is one of the worst designed boss fights, like I think we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. Like the attack that just teleports you to a room full of mooks, and like God. I've said it a thousand times, like don't threaten me with boredom. Mm-hmm. Like that's the worst thing you can do, and that's what this boss does all the time. Yeah, like just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and was, well, that's his attacks are one or the other. It either does so much damage as to effectively kill you. If you get hit by like three of those lightning things, mm-hmm. you're done. Or you get teleported to a, like a challenge room. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sick of doing those challenge rooms at this point. <laughs> you can't really avoid those teleporting things. Like it's you can, but you can't do it while meaningfully engaging. Yeah, 
with the enemy because you have to have him do all three before his head opens up. Yeah. Well, that um, and, you know, you are depending on those uh, meat trampolines that yeah. uh, send you in the like the floatiest arc, which you can affect. And this thing will home into you. Yeah, everything homes. All of his attacks home. The, uh, and you have to get up on top of them to get into that. You know, get, oh, no, you have to destroy the wall pustules. Yeah, yeah like, like, like those, those, those crystals are like what give him his power. But you have, but once you're in the air, you have no way to dodge. Like if he fires right. a teleporter, if he fires anything while you're in the air, you're yeah, getting hit yeah. by it. That's what I was saying before. Because you move so like, slowly. It's yeah. so lazy. Yeah. Yeah. So lazily um, paced, not like lazy game design. May or may not be that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? It's We do it a lot, even though I don't think it's generally best practices to second-guess game designers because mm-hmm. they're smart people who try to think of something. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really shittily designed boss. <laughs> that said, I think that this is really a huge misstep. Yeah. Like, that teleporter attack is just so not fun. And every time it hit me, I was like, ugh. Yep. Okay. B- because it said, here's what your next five minutes is about, or three yep. minutes, or whatever. A thing you've already done before in a non-interesting way that like just gives you nothing new. Like in a game that is constantly trying to give you things that are new, mm-hmm. this is not new. Yeah, and like there, there, like there are some. There's some variety in those. Insofar as you have to teleport three times before he will before he will um, become vulnerable. And the first two uh, challenge rooms are distinct from one another, right? And there are um, you have some you know resupply stuff in there as well so it's kind of keeping mm-hmm. you going along uh, but the last one is the one that you keep going to over and over again and yes yeah. he has enough hit points that you're going to be sent to that last challenge room over and over again no matter what right and and the uh when we say that the first ones are distinct they're distinct from each other but they're not distinct from the rest of that game right like it's not like a cool puzzle you get to solve right it's just an enemy a room with the same enemies you've been fighting you know and a couple different jumpy things mm-hmm. to do it's shit yeah. Like it it is really one of the worst boss fights that in we've played on the show, I think. Yeah. And even once he makes himself vulnerable, you it takes so many shots just to kill him. Like yep. I I have no idea if it's expecting me to drop, you know, rockets into his open skull, if I'm supposed to get up in the meats and start just firing yeah. all everything that I have into it. Do I jump over him and just fire as I'm going over him? Like if you I, get up into the meat, he can teleport you from there. Yes. And I think that was patched in because a lot of like when i was looking online where i was just like is there a fucking easier way to do this a lot of people were like hey you can get inside his skull and he can't get you from there mm-hmm. it just takes a long time but you when you know, i was in there i kept getting teleported and zapped with electricity yeah there's no point in being inside there right yeah <sighs> yeah there was no consistency in the like how to beat nihilanth easy uh strategies yeah. that i saw so yeah and it's not like I'm not looking for an easy way because I, I'm not a pro gamer. <laughs> well, no, because yeah, I obviously am. you are MLG ranked. Yeah, yeah, it is. My issue is just that I'm so bored and angry by how like this weird just like what if you just did floaty jumps for, mm-hmm. you know, a quarter of the game? Like, it's so mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like it's like Navi where it's like one of those things that people rag on all the time. And then it's like everyone's ragging about this. It can't be that bad. But no, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The same way, like last time I played Ocarina of Time, like, no, Navi is really unacceptable. <laughs> this is really unacceptable. Yeah. Like it is really actually that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, and this isn't like, okay, it's the day before I'm recording. I need to beat this. I beat this like a week and a half ago. Me too. Like <laughs> I, I've had this, I was not playing this on a deadline other than the fact that I wanted it to be done because yeah. the last third of it's not very good. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. It, it was, it was tedious and unacceptable on its own merits. Not because yeah. of the way we approach these games. Like we're very open when we say like, we're maybe not giving something a fair shake because of a deadline. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks cool. Yeah. Like he's a big space god. Yeah. I love the approach at the end of uh, Interloper. 
Like, yeah. you know, as like you're, you're on the vacuum and you're running up towards the spire and you can hear all the voices from Black Mesa. Like, pretty cool. Like, aesthetically, yeah. you know, we, we've never said anything bad about the aesthetics of, of Zen. We didn't really talk about the factory that much. It kind of looks like a place from Quake, but it still looks pretty cool because of the bio, yeah. like the biomechanical fusion, right? Yeah. It's H.R. Giger's haunted masturbation factory. Yeah. Like it is, it is what if a tongue also had bones and then you could use it as a weapon. Does H.R. Giger's haunted masturbation factory serve pizza sticks? <laughs> like uh, they serve bioorganic heaven hell pizza sticks. They call them necro sticks. <laughs> Um, the, uh, and he, uh, the, one of the cool things about, uh, Nihilanth is that he has surgery scars and like Mm -hmm. stitches and stuff. Like he has been fucked with in some way. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. He has escaped from something or survived something. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, but eventually he mercifully dies. Yeah. Like it felt so anticlimactic. Like I think I was so out of like real ammo. I'm just like firing with the assault rifle (laughs) into his thing. Just kill me, kill me, kill me, or kill you. And then eventually he just died, and I felt good about it. One of us better die soon. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the ending. Yeah. Which, again, real famous. Mm-hmm. Real famous ending. Yeah. You're um, you're, uh, you're given a choice. Yeah. Well, the G-Man comes in and talks to you yeah. about it to give you your choice. And, like, the G-Man is... Uh, that's one thing that we can agree is great uh-huh. in this game. Like, the G-Man's really cool. And his manner of speaking, I think, is genuinely, like, awesome. It's very lynchy. Yeah. Like Lynchian, like he he is like a David Lynch, mm-hmm. you know, kind of character. Um, so they're just emphasizing weird words, yeah, and it makes it really unsettling and great. Yeah, something who is just barely uh, achieving uh, passing as a human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he, you know, kind of gives you some philosophical claptrap on a train, but eventually says like, you know, and he takes away all your weapons so you can't hurt him. Right. Saying that most of them were government property after all yeah um yeah which is weird because they're setting him up as a as, a, as an agent of the government but he it's he's playing a bigger game than that i think i think that's supposed to be ironic okay i think when he says that i think it's supposed to be him you know oh yeah. like just justifying a thing that he's going to do for his yeah, interdimensional masters or whatever yeah um but he gives you a choice at the end which is like the first choice you made in the game mm-hmm. um you know no that's not true i'm just being pithy <laughs> But, uh, and, and, uh, this time, you know, I know the canonical ending is you take it uh-huh. this time. I was like, fuck you, G man. <laughs> and he's like, I will offer you a battle that you cannot hope to win. <laughs> and you have to fight a bunch of ogres without any weapons or you, you're supposed to. And then the screen just fades. Yeah. Yeah. Cause fuck you. Yeah. I don't want you G man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the canonical ending is that you are entered into the G man service and he says, I will see you up ahead again, yeah. referring to the, uh, the, the, the rails. Right. Yeah. And, you know, looking forward to half-life two. Um, as so many of us did, um, you open up again on a tram. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, the G man is kind of putting you into like an interdimensional portal mm-hmm. is to pull you out whenever he has need of you. Yeah. So and that's half-life. That is half-life. Yeah. Um, I feel like we covered almost, like I said, almost all the general things I wanted to say, mm-hmm. but in the episode, I don't have to go yeah. over it a lot. It's funny because you've been far more positive on it than I expected you to be. I was, I was really mad at the time I made those posts. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was really during, like, I think that the, the beginning of the game was, I was just like, this is good, but it's Seinfeld, con, you know, effect. Uh-huh. Like, I'm so used to games doing this. I'm not that impressed by it anymore. Mm-hmm. I get rights good for the time. And then the game is actually, like, pretty good for a while. Yeah. Like, the actual puzzles and the for good. And then the game, like, takes its shit. Mm-hmm. And then I got mad. But, like, it's good, but I don't necessarily like what it wrought. And I don't necessarily think it's good at everything it's trying to be good at. Mm-hmm. 
Like what? Like uh, something that in the um, like the Half Life Two video that uh, Aaron Single Guy does, that I like a lot. He was talking about how like Half Life doesn't have a central mechanic, and that's really interesting. Like, what is Half Life about that like right. another game doesn't do better? Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to say. Like the closest thing is probably the gravity gun. That's like the unique thing about Half Life. Yeah, but it is it is a really weirdly like patchwork. Like it reminds me of like uh, when we play or when we talked about. Um, off mic, like we talked a little bit about, not today, but talked about The Last of Us, mm-hmm. which I think is like one of the, like, I really love that game, but it is, it is a great example of a thing that like, there are games that play much better than this mm-hmm. and stuff. It is a corridor game. It's just a really good example of it. And that's yeah. kind of what this is. And Half-Life 2 to a you know much greater extent, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really great example of a game that I, a genre I'm not crazy about. Yeah. And I don't know, like it, it doesn't feel like a shooter. Um, to me, you know, even though it is emblematic of a lot of things that that that, that shooters do, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't really know if there is a canonical definition of a shooter nowadays. I almost feel like throwing off to Call of Duty is a little bit of a lazy, like an intellectually lazy kind of like oh kids these days kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. here is a here is a monolith a monolithic example of a thing that I'm you know that I don't particularly care for, um, but I think that that's more about like the multiplayer culture around it. Like I've played Modern Warfare, or yeah, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Four, and that mm-hmm. is another good example of this exact kind of thing. So I might yeah. like this kind of game for what it is, you know, taking you know take, taking it exactly you know on what it is trying to do. But um, on, on the whole, I don't I don't know, I don't know how interesting it is because it hasn't changed an awful lot except for conveniences. The uh, yeah, for sure, it's like smoothed over the process. Yeah. Like the the one of the things like when you start judging this um, within history and start looking at um, just a couple of like apt comparisons for ways this could have been that I think are just so much more artistically like interesting like you know I, I mentioned earlier Thief like Thief came out before this mm-hmm. um, and Thief is is does a lot with its genre like yeah. other than just kind of set pieces and technical things like the first Thief I think is kind of hard to play but it is really interesting yeah Thief Two is a you masterpiece. Know? Yeah, Thief, yeah, Thief Two is great. Deadly Shadows is really good. Yeah, also too long, but like very, very good. Yeah, um, you know, and then that led into like the Deus Ex mm-hmm. pathway of well, doing these things. Well, that di- I'm directly Looking Glass. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. And like I'm way more into that than yeah, I am yeah. like you know into. And then uh, also uh, System Shock Two, mm-hmm. like you know, shared some DNA. And I'm like so much more into that as like a a thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you take something, if you want to do, like be slightly more contemporary, like we can look at. Half-Life 2, but then you can look at Portal. Yeah. And, like, Portal is so much stronger and more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, I feel like we've really reached the limits of what we can do for, like, a decent-feeling, you know, set-piece-based shooter. Like, yeah. I'm just not, like, that interested in it. I mean, yeah. that's what we've been saying. It's not a genre that I'm not into. But, like, it's not helping, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, us, it feels like. I don't yeah. know. One thing that I can say as a general trend over these, like as the production values have gone up, the like the, the the games have necessarily gotten shorter, and I think that that is a good thing. I still feel like Half Life Two is way too long. Yeah, I feel like this yeah. is way too long, you know, to a greater degree. But like, you know, just like as we approach the modern day, these go from you know fifteen to twenty hour games to you know seven to ten hour games. Right, which is about right. I can't remember how long uh, Call of Duty Four is. Yeah. Um, because I, I like that game too. I remember that. Also, like if you're gonna do something like that, like just contrast this with um I mean it's not fair because they came out at different times, but like just as far as purpose, like contrast <laughs> it with something like Spec Ops, yeah, which takes a tire genre mm-hmm. and says something about it and has a point. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just feels like a feels like a weird artistic failure while being a success as a game. Yeah. Like this is a very good game 
but not very good as art mm-hmm. in a way. Well, I mean, is is Half Life the game that, or the kind of game that Spec Ops is trying to say something about? Like, no. like one needs to exist for the other. No, but they're just um, like Half Life has not done, and it is not. I don't feel like it's making a statement. It's yeah. more of the contrast. Like mm-hmm. Spec Ops is not trying to criticize Half Life. It's trying to you know criticize criticize Call of Duty. Yeah, you know, lazy as a throw off as that is. But like mm-hmm. one of them is using their genre to say something and make a point, mm-hmm. and one of them is just like, hey, how high can we push the production values on this genre? Mm-hmm. You know, which is not invalid. No, but it just feels stagnant. Yeah, I mean, Half like Half Life Two specifically, you know, I think sticks out in a lot of people's minds. Uh, maybe for the same reason that you know, like Half Life One did this as well. The production value is a part of that, like the yeah. world building and kind of the immersion. You know, the physics is part of Half Life Two. Like, if they hadn't revolutionized the physics as much as they did, we wouldn't have the gravity gun. We wouldn't have Ravenholm. We wouldn't have like the crazy stuff that we got out of it. You right. know, like like the, the, like that 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 stuff has has validity, right? But eventually, it's it, it becomes fluff, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, and I like Half Life Two, but there's only so far you can get with a game that's not. Like it feels like not trying to do anything mm-hmm. other than make it itself prettier and yeah. more polished. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like even like The Last of Us, like that game has a lot. Like there's no like I've never felt anything from a Half Life game really. Mm-hmm. Like it felt a little bit of a sense of foreboding in Half Life One and Ravenloft as an individual thing is really great from atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know what this game. If anything, it is supposed to be like a hey, watch this nerd save the human race power fantasy, mm-hmm. which I'm not interested in. Yeah, like that does not resonate with me the same way that like the kind of emotional beats in something like The Last of Us or yeah. other kind of corridor games, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. do. Like I, I think I derive a lot of satisfaction out of the uh, out of the atmosphere into mm-hmm. like and the you know again I keep throwing off to world building but I'm gonna do you know, I'm gonna do it there like it, it it feels like you're seeing a story about the way these people are living right yeah and and, and I think that, that you know that that maybe made you know made me feel something about that here I don't really feel much of anything yeah <laughs> but uh, and I but, like I like that aspect of Half Life too mm-hmm. it's just it is weirdly like it's it's a world like I mean. Again, I just, it's a it's a later game, but like The Last of Us did that world building stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to see how people live, but also had individual characters. Whereas like Half Life games like kind of don't have characters in them mm-hmm. to explore these worlds that they've built. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it is it is weirdly like yeah, I don't know. It's, There's something it's, about it's a, it that's unsatisfying. It's a little bit sterile because it looks at the societal level. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can do that while looking at the individual level, oh, and for like sure. the most successful things reflect society in the individual level. Uh huh. You know, but this is not interested in that. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. You can do both. It just chose or, you know, was forced to do only one. Yeah. And that, this is, again, I like Half-Life 2 a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked this game. Like, I'll probably never play it again. Mm-hmm. But, like, I like this game. I mm-hmm. liked it a lot when it came out. Um, but it just, it does feel, it's like, it's just not moving me or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have much to say about it. It's like a weird, like, shrug feeling that I get. Yeah. One thing that struck me about this was that, um, you know, one uh, thing that sticks out to me about Half-Life 2 is that each level kind of has its own, you know, gimmick, like its Mm -hmm. own, like, okay, this is what this level is about. And I didn't remember that being a a real thing in Half-Life 1, but it totally is. Yeah. Like, you know, like they they approached each level with a design thesis. Um, So, like, that that had started much earlier than I was initially giving Valve credit for. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And that's something, like, I like a a gameplay variety. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in a thing, but it just like the ultimate, like what it's moving, what it's towards. Mm-hmm. Just I just have a big question mark there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, well, I'm glad to have that conversation and articulate <laughs> my feelings on this this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> yeah, how do we transition out of that? I can't remember. Well, we could talk about what we're doing next. Because, oh, yeah. boy, howdy, do I love what we do next. Yeah, like, talk about, and this isn't moving towards something either, but it's just no. way more fun. <laughs> I, um, God hand. I beat this uh, two days ago. <laughs> like, it yeah. is it is, uh, it is, is a treat. I'm still, yeah, I, I stalled on it because I started playing Divinity seriously. Uh-huh. I need to go back to it because it is super, super fun. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, full of gameplay variety and everything. That's, yeah, God hand by Clover. Yeah. Um, yeah, this game is amazing. Yep. It's uh, for the PS2. You can get it for $10 on the PSN store. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So play it on your PS3. Play it on your Demon Souls machine. <laughs> um, after that, we are doing Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah. Remake. Yeah. Yep. Remake for mm-hmm. GameCube. Yeah. GameCube. Um, also, you can get it on your Wii uh, if that is if that is your inclination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually, you'll be able to get it on the PC yeah. when they remaster it. But that's... We're not doing that, but I'm happy to be playing the GameCube version because it's the prettiest GameCube game. Yeah, it is also one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. After that, we have the results of our adventure game poll, mm-hmm. um, which are it was just the game I have no mouth and I must scream. Yes, um, which is a PC game based on that Harlan Ellison short story of the same name. Yeah, and thing that we say all the time <laughs> on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that, phrase that we use because uh-huh. it's really apt it's very evocative yes uh that is uh, i believe it's six dollars on both steam and gog mm-hmm. yeah uh like a little bit of a trigger warning on that one of the uh chapters deals with sexual assault yeah so if, so, that, if that is a thing you are especially sensitive to and we'll put it in the in the actual episode as well but uh, uh-huh. we want to be uh, we want to be cognizant of that yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we usually try to, we got like five games out announced and we like try to be around three. So we're going to chill yeah. Yeah. for a second um, yeah. before we announce the next thing. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. good couple of months ahead of us. Yes, indeed. Um, we do have another show that we're recording in that time. That is our live show at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. You heard us at the, the mid break um, on Street Fighter 2. The actual specific distribution of that, we're still trying to figure out exactly how we want to do that. But mm-hmm. you'll be able to get your hands on it. Yeah. It's not going to be behind a pay gate or anything. So, right. Uh, yeah um also in addition to that you can come out and visit us like we said yeah which please do please uh, um if you want to support the show monetarily there's our patreon campaign which we mentioned patreon.com forward slash duck feed tv mm-hmm. it doesn't cost you much or cost you as much as you want it's totally yeah. modular yeah <laughs> and uh it helps us out a great deal yes it does um if you would like to help us out in a different way if you don't have money to give directly but you're going to be buying things on amazon because you are a human go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use our affiliate link. Yes, I want to be very clear. It is affiliate. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we get a kickback. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And that is a, a big chunk of what goes towards paying for, like, the fixed costs of our uh, of the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, there's ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's been a little while since we have one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Yep. And join the discussion there. Yeah. This has been a long episode. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next episode... Probably all, it's also has like the game has a lot of sections in it. Mm-hmm. It probably actually won't be as long though because they're not quite as distinct. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be more what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. And a pleasant what the fuck. Yeah. And a pleasant <laughs> what the fuck to you all yeah. in TV land. <laughs>
all of your tomorrows to be <laughs> the best of your yesterdays. <laughs> what, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Platitude. Yeah, for, all, for all of your tomorrows to be the best of <laughs> Oh, man. 